Ah, hello there. Welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill. This is episode number 36 and him, Renfrey Deadman. Don't know why I put the number in the middle there. Happy Easter anyway, (laughs) Renfrey. Happy Easter. Is it Easter? Um, Well, I had an Easter egg on Sunday, so (laughs) ergo, I assume (laughs) it's it's Easter. It's not. I think it's when this goes out, it'll be Easter in a week's time, but that's fine. But well, happy, happy still, Easter, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I still had a... I had, you know what I had? I had a um, a twirl Easter egg and the two twirls on Ooh. Sunday. Yeah. Do you know, I worked out how much that was, Renfrey. How much? It was 1,700 and something calories. In oh, that. I thought you meant in terms of money. No. <laughs> I was like, the thing with Easter eggs... That's surely a day, you... that's a day, nearly a day's calorie intake. In Holy fuck. Sort of snack. In me. one day, <laughs> just a little snack. Um... Surely the th- the thing which disappoints me about Easter eggs is really predominantly the actual egg itself is all the same. Oh well, all the I mean, Cadbury's unless, ones are, and all the yeah, exactly, all the Cadbury's ones are. Sizes, I mean, if you go to M and S, yeah, blah blah blah, whatever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But round trees? It's not the eighties. No, 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 no not round trees. Yeah. But like, why can't you get like an? Egg? I, I always want like you want a cabbage cream egg filled with cream. Yes. Well, no, not not the Cadbury's cream egg, but I like I'd like an Easter egg filled with mini eggs. Yeah, you used to be able to get, you could get um, uh, like crunchy eggs and they had like honeycomb with honeycomb inside. In oh, the egg. that sounds good. good. So why why does it not happen anymore? I don't know, it just seemed to sort of fade out. But anyway, I had one the other day. I also had a burger with a, uh, and some chips and some chicken wings and a Coke beforehand. Well, happy burger day. And that burger I had had a deep fried um, uh, cheese. Uh, kind of oh, bread, where did you get that bread. from? Bloody lovely, honest burger. So I probably had about four four thousand calories. See, these Renfrew, you look at me, and we're on the YouTube channel now, so you can right. look at me. I don't look like the sort of guy who goes to the gym eight times a week, but I am. <laughs> Ironically, but I am. Yeah. Ironically, am. I'm the sort of guy who looks like I do eat those honest burgers mm. uh, and doesn't go to the gym. Um, but no, yeah, obviously you, you, you've got away with it. You look very true and well, fantastic. Thank you very much, mate. I think I look more like a sort of bowling ball, like <laughs> on the top of a tent. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> We've all been thinking. More than, more than anything else. Um, uh, we want to give a shout out to our friends at Musicism before we start the show, who are, um, our, uh, what are they? Our fucking now, our dad, our sugar daddies. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go over to musicism.net. That's uh, musicism.net. Um, and over there, they will procure you with some of the finest online content for the budding musician. <laughs> Hoity toity way of saying the, the music and musicism sting this You've week. You've turned into a Victorian gent. Yeah. Ergo, their fourth. Go on to musicism.net and you will find a bounty of. Video content for the discerning gentleman <laughs> featuring videos on how to become a better singer, <laughs> a better guitarist, and one of the finest producers of audio content <laughs> in the world. That's very good. It's only $9.99 per calendar month, or we will grant you this discount of 25% if you put in the words RIOT in capital letters. In the yonder checkout, you do actually sound more like an extra in uh, CITV's Nightmare. Thank now, you. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that is that is very niche. Are people going to understand Nightmare? I don't, don't know. know. Well, they've, if they like niche, oh, they've come to the right like Nightmare. Fuck, yeah. To, well, I was going to say come to the right podcast <laughs> because this week we're going to be reviewing new albums from Periphery Pup. Not that niche so far. Uh, Racket Cannon, Waste of Space Orchestra, very niche. 
and Town Portal. Um, Just yeah. before we started recording, we were discussing uh, what a crazy week it has been in terms of album releases. Um, and yeah, it's a particularly sort of bonkers week. In it's terms a of loopy laundry bag nest yeah, of a week. Experimental weird music. Although the most avant-garde <laughs> and most difficult album to listen to isn't in the reviews. I know, which is mad, <laughs> isn't it? Shout out Royal Republic for keeping me sane this week. Um, also, I want to say, you know, if you go to rightact.com, we have merch over there. Keep buying the merch. A few people have bought that. That's been very nice. I've not seen mm. anyone uh, wearing it yet. I don't know if you just decided to use it as some sort of dish rag. I've seen millions, Shit mate. Out. Millions um, of people. And uh, you can also um, go over to our Patreon page which from the link there. But if you want to just go straight to the Patreon page, cut out the middleman ergo us uh, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast um, give us a few quid and we will be um, uploading some content for you including we've just done this week uh, we recorded um, a, a podcast on famous monsters by the misfits yes. featuring our good friend Matt Stocks who's going to be back uh, talking about films as well. That's going to yeah. go up soon. We're going to chuck up a movie special super soon because there's a bunch of movies which are music related which mm-hmm. have come out recently. Yeah, The so... Dirt, Bohemian Rhapsody obviously came out last year. Lords of Chaos and um, Godfather's a hardcore documentary about Agnostic Front. Yeah, it was good fun, wasn't it? Really, really good. Like, I, really I love having Matt. Great having Matt on, yeah. obviously. Life in the Stocks, I think we've shouted out before, was a great mm. podcast with loads of good interviews. So go and listen to Matt's podcast. But also, just give some money on the thing and then you give can listen money. to Matt uh, talking about The Misfits. And yeah, it was a good, good fun chat. It was really good. It was fun for us to review and critique stuff which isn't music for a change, I yeah. think. It was just yeah. quite a nice change. It's like, oh, I'm talking about character beats. Mm. Yeah. Better. Better. <laughs> Uh, it was good that um anyway yeah that's going to be coming up soon but i just want to go shout out something that happened last week so last week renfrey we did say to people go and listen to atari teenage riot live at brixton academy yeah the remastered version (laughs) don't go to the original one (laughs) yeah fuck it the the sound quality is awful yeah it's not as good um calling a biscuit tin like and we had quite the response mm. to the Atari Teenage Riot record. Yeah, thank you to anyone who, who attempted to, to listen to it. challenge yeah. and uh, yeah. managed to get all the way through. Yeah. Now, although think, although those sadistic bastards who were like, oh, I listened to the whole thing I seven times. times. Well, you're masturbating. Right, yeah, you're right. Come on, sort yeah. yourself out. Um, it was cool. <clears throat> it was cool to see a lot of people yeah. coming back and saying, uh, you know, like how the album made, me, made them feel. Um, one person in particular, I got an email from. Now, if you remember, while we were chatting about it last week, I was at the show and I said there was somebody curled up in the fetal position. Um, and I thought, did I? It doesn't seem like the sort of thing that would happen, but it's, it feels like it's so clearly burned in the retina of my mind mm-hmm. that uh, that I was sure that it happened. But yeah, even as I said it, I was like... Did that really happen? Mm-hmm. It was a bit like the gig itself. Did that mm-hmm. really happen? Well, uh, we got an email from someone called Dom. Thanks, Dom, for listening. We appreciate you listening. Mm. I appreciate you emailing in. Thank you, Dom. Dom said this. It said, <laughs> I may not have been the guy you saw you saw curled into the fetal position at that gig, but I was definitely a guy curled into the fetal <laughs> position at that gig. I think it's very, probably fair to say it was you yeah let's like, let's say it was like, yeah i'm pretty sure like I, I only saw one person i can't imagine as mad as that gig was 
you wouldn't see two, surely. Anyway, he says, for context, I was an obsessive Nine Inch Nails fan and that was my first time seeing them, so I was ridiculously excited. I also, however, was 21 and MDMA was a thing. I may have dabbled <laughs> and drank a lot. A man after your own heart, by the sounds of things <laughs> went through. Um, MDMA is still a thing as well, I believe. It is still a thing. Yeah, I believe yeah. it is a thing. Uh, either way, a Tiny Tones Riot came on and I don't remember <clears> seeing anything. I do remember sitting near the back on the floor rocking thinking the noise was in my head. Now, you're not, not alone in, in doing that. I was like, this can't be what's going on. I also remember the, uh, spending the first third of nights and I was sat in the toilet trying not to cry. I was with my mates and it was the 90s. However... <laughs> What a great excuse. <laughs> yeah. However, I did catch the rest of Night Snails and went on to have an awesome night. They were brilliant that they were brilliant that night. So yeah, it might have been me, but if it wasn't me, me and that guy seemed to feel the same way. It sounds like he predominantly had a bad um bad drug experience, but uh that was probably not helped by the horrendous uh Atari Teenage Riot yeah, noise was that was coming from the, the idea stage. of I mean I probably had a couple of beers beforehand. Yeah. I don't remember, but fuck me. If anything else would have been a that would have been a big problem. Yeah, yeah. So I feel for you, Dom. I really do. I yeah. really do feel for you. Uh, anyway, thanks for emailing in. We well, appreciate it. An email that feels feels almost kind of quaint, doesn't it? It feels like we're on the radio. Yeah, it's to get great. an email. Like yeah. Now it's like oh, it's been on Twitter or on, on Facebook, <laughs> but now an email for remember when started getting emails uh, before like it was text before wasn't it it's cool email. yeah Good. i'm well i'm well into it you'd have to phone in or write yeah. a letter if anyone yeah if anyone wants to send us snail mail we uh, will not give out our address no, <laughs> just send it to riot act <laughs> and put that in an envelope and see if it reaches it'll us. get to us it'll get <laughs> yeah, i'm sure it will uh anyway um have you had a good week I've had a busy week, mate. But yeah. yes. You went to see Black Futures? <laughs> I went to see Black Futures yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was going to go to this. Mm. I'm not going to tell you why I didn't. You're I so had... secretive. You uh, always do this. Well, the thing is, I was interviewing someone and I, it just sounds a bit... If you go like, well, actually, I was interviewing and then I say who I was interviewing, mm. I, you'd go, he fucking name-dropping cunt. Mm. But I was interviewing mm. someone good. Yeah. Black Futures, we've we talked about quite a bit in the yeah. past um, as uh, a band who, particularly live, are very, very impressive. I think you were a little bit, um, you were unsure at first and then you saw them live and you were much more impressed. That's yeah, really like them live. Very good. So a two piece, very difficult to box them into a genre, but they do. Um, there's a lot of electronic stuff going on. There's a punk attitude and spirit to it there's um rock and roll john spencer blues explosion-esque bluesy rock i think yeah 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 big thing in it as well to be honest it was a 45 minute set and at one point it felt like a rave at one point it felt like yeah rock and roll kind of show at one point it felt like a punk gig um but they do all that really 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 well and i think the electronics are put into it very very well they started out like doing a lot of weird things where they would uh invite press to uh, a random location and then they take you in a van to like an abandoned warehouse somewhere and put the gig on there and stuff like this mm. but they're now like starting to play quote unquote proper venues so i saw them in the lexington last night and it was very very good it was less kind of i think previously in the past when i've been surrounded by a whole black futures evening almost when i've basically been kidnapped there was there was something about them kidnapping journalists or something like that cool um to the, to take them to the show and yeah, stuff yeah. um but they were really fantastic the the response they got from the crowd like you know i mean how big is that place 200 cap i'd I've say never been. you never went to lexington i don't think so sort yourself out it's fine 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's fine it's a pub it's like <laughs> reacting to me having not been to a pub in London like I'd said I've never listened to Ziggy I'm just quite, Stardust and the Spice I'm just months. quite surprised you've never been to the Lexington sort yourself out I've, I reckon I've been to the Lexington like four times this never year. a London call in to sort yourself out <laughs> You ever been to Lexington? Uh, same re- reaction. <laughs> so that was a bit OTT, admittedly. <laughs> yeah. um, the, I think the reaction that they inspire is really amazing. They have this great trick of like getting people uh, up in boiler suits, these white boiler suits with yeah. a kind of Black Futures logo on them. And those people really get involved. But they, they've done a lot more in terms of getting them involved with it. So they'll be dancing with people in the audience. They have lyrics for some of the songs now, which they kind of like shine up and get people to sing along with and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and by the end of it, you know, people were like calling for an encore and stuff like that and being like, Black Futures, Black Futures, you know. So they really know how to rile up a crowd. Every time I go to see Black Futures, the first sort of five or ten minutes are people standing there just kind of gawping because they're not quite sure what they're seeing. But by the end of it, they have been totally and utterly convinced. Um, Yeah, they're fantastic. I've seen them four or five times though now. So I am now just getting to the point where I'm like, really want an album now. Um, I think I would have... But it's coming. Yeah, I think I would have made more of an effort to have arranged that interview if i if there was a full album yeah there's a full album coming um later this year is probably I mean, all i'm allowed it to wasn't say up to me so yeah yeah well the least thing of smash mouth has a doesn't have much time on his hands does he so no he doesn't <laughs> he's got um, too much time to <laughs> um, our life in it walking onto a half empty venue and singing one song <laughs> <laughs> Maybe but two, what a song! But what, what a, a song. song! The um the the mashup of Smash Mouth's All Star and Linkin Park's In the End must be probably the most hateful thing in your entire life. Wow, I didn't know that existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's like sounds like the worst thing that could possibly happen. Do you know what? It really works. Yeah, uh, because it's two terrible things <laughs> being put together, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> like you know. If you get a big pile of sort of sick <laughs> and a big some stinging nettles and say eat that, it will, both of them will taste horrible. <laughs> but like, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining know. a pile of sick with with garnished with stinging nettles, yeah. and um, it's still no more appealing to me. Whereas the Smash Mouth Lincoln Park mashup is probably more appealing to me than both of those songs so someone individually. Said to you, you've got to eat some sick, or you've got to eat some stinging right. nettles, right. or you've got to eat sick and stinging nettles. What would you have? Oh, fucking Christ. Um, oh. Because I probably God. would have the sick and the stinging nettles. Really? Because I just think at least it's going to be different, two different types of like, oh, that's horrible, but it's not the same sort of horrible. But you'll type. be stung and be eating sick. Whereas if you're just eating sick. So just eat sick. Pro- I mean, probably, but mm. fucking hell, it doesn't sound appealing, does it? No. Anyway, Black Futures are very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're really, really good. Um, they are brilliant. I I feel like I'm just getting to a point now where I'm like, want an album, please? But that is coming very, very soon. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, well, I am if you have not if you've not seen Black Futures, you must check them out. They're, mm. they're, they're in it's terms of a live act, they're one of the most interesting things that's happening in, in music at the moment, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um cool okay good um we should go straight in and do the reviews because they're gonna be pretty sizable this week a lot of them start with periphery periphery the sixth album from the gent oh would you call them we'll get into this sixth album from the former 
gent pioneers is uh, at least formally they were gent pioneers. They we, still are gent pioneers. Are we accepting that gent was now a genre because it seems so fleeting? I'm kind of like I mean yeah I'm it, using that in this. If of. it's uh yeah I know you are but if 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 gent gent if gent is a genre it must be the most the smallest most fleeting one ever. Crunk core. Crunk. Oh god Remember yeah. That? Broken yeah. sides of those idiots. Yeah, okay. They're uh, all in jail now, aren't they? <laughs> Hashtag me too. Um, probably. Let's hope so anyway. If I've just, you know, if the bass player from Broken Side isn't some sort of pedosexual predator. We'll be stunned. Yeah, I just, yeah. don't be a Broken Side. Can then. we say that? <laughs> don't know. We'll find out. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, it'd be weird if he listens. Like, do you know what I mean? I was in Broken Side, but actually I'm really into like Nick Cave and, <laughs> and Clawfinger. Brown and stuff. Um, <laughs> Nick Cave, Ian Brown and Clawfinger. There's a good yeah, record. I know. Well, that, that is our podcast, <laughs> isn't it? Um, so anyway, it's the sixth studio album from Periphery. They were the kind of the, uh, the pioneers of the gent movement back in the kind of late noughties early tens i guess would have been the time where that kind of stuff was going on pretty yeah. pretty exciting then wasn't it yeah. first tesseract album born of Asterius, uh vader mayer all those kind of bands yeah. were happening um now that scene as you quite rightly said a fleeting scene mm. um has become tech metal in a lot of ways isn't it? very much so yep yeah. i would say so and i think a lot of those bands the ones that have uh continues to thrive have kind of gone into a far more prog. Now they would be considered a modern prog band, yeah. if that makes sense. So and that's exactly what Periphery... So I spoke to um, Spencer from Periphery, from Metal ah. Hammer, um, and he said that exact thing. Ah, there we go. They are a prog band. They are Me a, and Spencer, a mate. prog metal band rather than a, a gent band. That's how he feels they are now. And I um, think that's very fair. That's very fair. Uh, particularly, and I think they have been for a while, to be honest. I mean, what yeah. are your thoughts on Periphery just in general, Renfrey? Well, of those bands, uh, of that the bands that came from, were spawned from that genty scene, they are my favourite by um, a relatively considerable margin. It is basically Periphery, Tesseract. Um, Tesseract. Monuments? Uh, no, <laughs> it's basically for me. It is basically Periphery and Tesseract. I would, and I would the give, rest of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a few good ones. I, I would give the big four to um, uh, Born of Osiris, mm -hmm. who were quite good, at least a little bit more interesting. They've got quite a new metally thing going on, which I probably shouldn't like. I thought I've just said about Linkin Park, <laughs> but I do. Um, and I like, um, I like Tesseract a lot. Yep. And I like Monuments a lot as well. Okay. And I like Periphery a, a hell of a lot. Mm -hmm. And they are, to me, probably the most uh, musically interesting, probably the most musically ambitious one of those bands. Uh, yes. I yes. Think. Yes. Um, since kind of jug the Juggernaut Alpha, Juggernaut, Juggernaut Omega mm -hmm. uh, double set, which came out in 2004. 14 or 15 i think 2015 I think january 2015 yeah off the top of my head. Out, yeah yeah uh i thought that album was you know i'd got the first couple of periphery albums and i thought they were all right um but i really really liked particularly juggernaut alpha i think it's great i agree with you actually that is that is the point where they really started to stand out um first two records if i'm honest I just thought were yeah, they for me they were in the same league as all the rest of them. Mm. But then 
as soon as they release that double whammy, it's like, oh, okay, there's a lot more going on here than yeah. I probably gave them credit for mm. initially, I guess. And then came Periphery 3, uh, mm. Select Difficult, which, again, felt like a really cool step forward into yep. more... I don't. I'm. I'm kind of loath to go more commercial territories, even though I feel like it could appeal to people who have no interest. They do a thing that Tesseract do. I think Tesseract are the best band at going at being a band who you would not necessarily have to be into gent or tech metal or any of those things to to like mm-hmm. Tesseract. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's a there was a quite a bit of that on the last Periphery album, which I thought, again, was was very, very good. And they won a Grammy for... Um, they got a Grammy nomination. Oh, I apologise. They a Grammy. They got a Grammy nomination for the yeah. first song on that record, which I've forgotten the name I of now. I can't remember what song they were nominated. It's very yeah, good, though. Yeah. It's, that is a great song. Um, yes, I, I, think, I think, actually, that might be the reason for it, why Tesseract and Periphery are ahead of the game in that sense, in that... It feels like they're the most song-based. Yeah, Would you say that's fair? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so. I think so. Which brings us to Hail Stan, which is a good mm. good name. Is it? No. No. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 keep, I keep looking at Hail Stan and just be like, oh, okay, yeah, fine. Silly. So, only, only, only the title, I should say. So uh, between the, um, the last album and this one, Tesseract have... Um, lost their long-time bass player. They uh, Adam Nolly Getgood, who yeah. is a phenomenal producer in his own right. Yeah. He actually helped produce um, Devin Townsend's record, which mm. we talked about last week. Yeah. Which, if you've heard it, is he's a phenomenal producer. Yeah. Basically, uh, so he's gone. Um, they have left Sumerian Records, their home yeah. of a long time, and they have uh, or Roadrunner as well, wasn't it? Sorry, they were on Road. They were Sumerian and Roadrunner. They're in Roadrunner out here anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, they're not on Roadrunner anymore. They are, uh, they are, they kind of have their own. It's their own label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is a sort of self-released record. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'd think there's sort of trouble or upheaval, at least, in the periphery camp. That's fair to say, isn't it? That's one way you could spin it. The other way you could spin it in these modern times is they have made enough moolah money mm. know what money is thanks yeah. um to to be able to do it themselves well i mean if you listen to um uh, the dude who owns Sumerian obviously recently didn't he did a podcast with somebody i think it might have been jamie jaster and he was saying how periphery are the most frustrating band in the music industry because they refuse they go on tour with deftones they refuse to play their hits they play all the most difficult songs huh. uh they won't play the game they don't want to you know they're, they're they're very very particular about what they do um and they're not interested and don't have they don't make they complain about the fact they don't make any money and they don't make any money because they don't do the things that record companies and stuff would like them to do, which would probably help boost their profile at all. So there was a bit Fair of enough. a kind of a thing where he said they're actually a very, very frustrating band. And then, you know, you think, well, somebody's left. We don't know why. Um, there's also... I, sh- I should say, with the Adam Get Good Nolly thing... It, they're all fine, yeah. It, well, he, he when you say he's left, he has left the band. He does play bass on this album. Yeah. They basically hired him to yeah. play bass on it and he does help mix it and produce it yeah, so, so it's obviously like it's all fine yeah, yeah. but he obviously wants to do something different we don't know quite why that is 
Um, My guess is his, his producing career has gone through the roof, so I'm guessing it's that. But Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, don't know. You know, if... I'm trying to think of someone in a really... Re- if they were doing the bit, like, big business... Uh, sure you think you know i don't think james hetfield if he'd have produced a few albums and was doing you know <laughs> well, he wouldn't have left metallica would he maybe but also you know touring life sometimes yeah. isn't for people and sometimes it takes a long time of doing it to realize that mm. we are we're, like we we don't know we, don't we, know. we are we are guessing but you know yeah know. anyway and they're on a new label they're on a new label their own label and they've chosen not that i'm saying that the guy from sumerian has uh you know, a, a, a case in point particularly. I don't really know what Periphery get up to behind the scenes, but they have opened this record with a song which lasts 16 minutes and 44 seconds. I always like that. You know, I like long song lengths. Yes. You do. <laughs> it's not the last one of this podcast this week, is it? No, it certainly isn't. Um, it's a brave, bold move. Featuring uh, Mikey from Sick. Featuring Mikey from Sick. Who uh, turns Sick. up halfway through kind of doing one of his deep voice which is it's brilliant amazing um but like you say it's fucking brave is it brave or is it stupid oh it's 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 a brilliant move because that song is it's the longest song in their career yeah um it's expertly put together it feels like it flows in an incredibly organic way Mm -hmm. um it doesn't feel like 17 minutes. It feels long because it's so epic and there's so many different parts to it. There isn't even really a discernible chorus. No. So it's massively brave. But to be honest, periphery, that's what periphery fans want, isn't it? They don't want they don't want meat and potatoes rock no. served up to them on a plate. I don't think they do. No. I wonder how big how much bigger periphery could be. If maybe a song like um, Church Burner, which actually was one of the... Was Church Burner on the single? No, Garden of the Bones and Blood Eagle were the two that were yeah. released previously. Church Burner is fucking brilliant. But Church Burner is fucking brilliant. But you say that, but Church Burner is... I, I totally agree with you. Church Burner is one of my favourite songs on the record. But it's uh, very abrasive, very technical, almost Dillinger-esque at points. Yeah, I think opening the record with that might have been a bit much i understand what you're saying opening with a 16 minute track is a 17 basically <laughs> seventeen more minutes. much oh it's but it's bonkers but for me my guess is it's periphery going now that we are free of like we can do what the fuck we want basically and this is what we're going to do it goes to show that this is proof positive that they really really don't give a fuck no and i i think which is very admirable that's great incredibly admirable and i think this whole record does i mean you know like now that we're free this record smacks of a band doing the precise and exact thing that they want to do and the reason why like just to kind of get into the record and how we feel about it properly the reason why periphery will be fine is because they are significantly better than any of those other bands yeah i agree and this is another record which is significantly better than any of those other bands yeah yeah i think the only band who can get in touching distance of periphery but in a completely different way are tesseract because tesseract can write huge skyscraper songs yeah to me tesseract will be the band who will have they'll be the ones that most people i think tesseract will end up having a much being a much bigger band should end up being a much bigger band than periphery because 
they can do that. Whereas I don't think you listen to this and you think periphery are clearly not even vaguely interested in appealing to people outside of the prog tech world. I don't know. Song like um, Garden in the Bones. It's not exactly going to... Yeah, I mean, that's got a lot of melody on it, but mm. I think, in a, you know, no one's ever going to get that far. Mm. <laughs> I suppose it was released as a single. It's still six minutes long. Yeah. It's six minutes long, and it's got some very nice melodic parts on it, but it doesn't strike me as a single in the same way as, even if you go back to the Tesseract record previous to the to Sonda, the last one, a song like... Um, survival on that record it's three and a half minutes long it's got all the kind of production and elements of a tech band but it feels like a pop song not a pop song but a rock a, you know a kind of a big anthemic rock song but don't the best i mean i think the best bands we regularly talk about our favorite bands and the correlation is usually that they all do whatever the fuck they wanted to do i mean yeah. I, listening to this record it doesn't musically sound like them at all, but I was reminded constantly of Faith No More, just in terms of like, well, you do not give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, it's and, great. And I think that's amazing. Like, I, th- I think that's the sort of thing that is really worth championing. The other thing I'd say is, whilst Periphery's fan base, you know, compared to a Metallica or whatever, is relatively small, they are fucking, like, they are very, They're very sizable. passionate, and they yeah. are quite sizable. I don't, like what would they play these days? They played the forum. Like, I saw them at the forum uh, with the contortionist. I think were opening yeah, the forum I, the last time they played, which would have been year, two years, probably two years ago. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and they were fu- they were great. Yeah, they are, and and they played download. They played, and they were they played download a couple of years ago on the second stage, and it was only the weather that. Fuck them, basically. It was that year. It was 2016. So it was that year where it was just absolutely, just un- unfathomably bad weather and there was mud everywhere and there weren't very many people around, um, which is a real shame because they were really, really good. Really, really good. And this album is really great. Mm-hmm. It's really great. It's just, you know, I thought with the fact that they've obviously, it feels like a retreat from even the attempt, like, you know, the even the attempt at, or even any any kind of passing interest in appealing to other people you know like they were touring with Deftones and stuff this to me this album sounds like a retreat going ah do you know what fuck it and that's I don't know I, it's not it's like for starters there are far more difficult records to get into this week yeah but none <laughs> of those people are interested in periphery or mainstream music at all no but I don't, periphery don't really ever I don't think were they ever interested in being like a massive 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 band I don't know oh well, clearly not I mean I, I I think I think they do something which they're very passionate about and something mm. that they love and they do it very 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 well the majority of the time um and I think this record is very very good the majority of the time um and it feels like to me I mean in the press release they're talking about how they spent a year on this album. Yeah, they spent a really long time on it. And that's the first time they've had that opportunity to do that. And reading between the lines, and again, I'm making an assumption of sorts, but my guess was on Sumerian, they wouldn't have been given the opportunity to to take a year to do a record. Yeah, maybe. Um, and it, it felt to me as if they were going, we've now finally had that opportunity to... to 
work on this for as long as we actually want to work on it. And I think by releasing, you know, but sorry, by having um, Reptile, the 16 minute, 43 seconds song as the first track on the record, it's a statement just going, we will do what we like now. And yeah. I think it's, I think it's not even my favorite song on the record, but it, I think it's a very strong. It's a really good song. Yeah. And it's really it's, strong. I mean, song. again, this is a bit like, that's not really, because I don't think that song's very good. When we spoke about Danger Mouse and Karen O a few weeks ago, you've got two songs bookend in it that yeah. are fucking lengthy yeah. um, and very different. I mean, although I think Satellite's the last song, and Reptile, really, to be fair. I mean, Reptile just feels like a, it, it is a huge prog kind of masterpiece that goes all over the place. There's nothing else quite like that on the record. Whereas Satellite's is you know is i think is much more um representative of this the kind of the rest of the record um maybe uh, f- I, I funnily enough just well, as you're talking about it satellites is actually one of my least favorite songs on the album mm. i find a um common criticism with periphery and actually i think a lot of these sorts of bands is the clean vocals being a little bit too kind of wet yeah um I kind of, I actually think that it's Spencer. Spencer yeah. I think um, a lot of the time the clean vocals are really good on this record, mm. but there are a couple of times where they, they kind of dip into the wet territory too they much do a for little me. Bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Satellites is one of those examples. The other one would be It's Only Smiles. I was about to say It's Only Smiles yeah. would be the one, yeah. Um, and it's, it's like, I can't remember what I said it about before, but there was a song... Um, it was one of the holding absence songs wasn't it where i was like this would be a really good single i don't like the song but it would be a really good single and that's kind of how i feel about it's only smiles like Mm. i can see why it would be a really good single and it almost has single written over it which is why although obviously they've not released it as a single so maybe that isn't the game plan i've no idea um but it does feel very singly to me even though it's not a single. <laughs> I mean, it just, That's probably what the Sumerian boss was talking about. Yeah, I mean, they just, you know, like, I for, for, for what it's worth, you know, I'm not slagging this record off, and no. I'm not slagging Periphery off. I think that album's really good. I think it's, I really, think good. it's really, really fucking good. And yeah. it's the sort of thing that I would like to listen to. And I think when we come the end of the year, when it's getting up to the high teens, the kind of 18, 19, 20s, I'll probably come back to it and go, this has got a fairly good shout of being in and around. I mean, particularly in a year that so far has failed to really kind of capture my imagination that much in terms mm. of the majority of new music that's been in it, um, mm. released. But uh, yeah, it was just a, it's an observation more than a criticism, mm-hmm. which is that to me, which is, you know, again, it's not a criticism, is that this is a band who are racing off into their own little, their own little world, which is completely fine and completely cool. Um, I wonder if Periphery want to go beyond 2,000 or 3,000 cat venues, though. I mean... Yeah, I mean... I, I, I wonder... Yeah, this album, to me, doesn't really suggest that they do. I, I don't know if they do or not, but I think that... I think maybe it would be nice to, but I think if they were given the choice between, right, well, if you want to get to Brixton or Wembley or whatever, you have to write only four-minute songs... Or you do what you do now. I think they go, we'll stick at being a 2,000, 3,000 cat band. Thanks yeah, very much and do what we do. Definitely would. And I've got, personally, I've got a lot more time and respect for that than the bands who will. I mean, that that is effectively the definition of selling out, isn't it? Not to go back to the 90s. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but that is, you know, changing your art in order to gain popularity is the definition of selling out. And I'm not going to... 
I can't be fucked to point my finger and go sell out or sell out or whatever. But, but you know, I admire the fact that they're not doing that. Yeah, I do. I think it's cool. You know, it's good. And the album is really good. And I think the single-mindedness of it uh, is actually the kind of the uniqueness and the, the, the interesting part of it. Because when I saw you're opening your album with a 16-minute and 44-second-long song... That is even even from the very very difficult standards of many of the the tech metal bands. It's that's brave. quite a quite a thing to to do, right. you know. And uh, at and least it makes them stand out, though. Certainly makes them stand out, and I think you know there's some some really interesting musical passages throughout that. But I do think Spencer's like I know you mentioned his clean vocals, and I don't. He's got a technically superb voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of uh, most of the vocalists in this scene do. Yeah, but when he, but you know he can mix it up quite a lot as well. And he's, yep. When when he does do that, I mean, you know, we mentioned Churchburn at the start, and when mm-hmm. he does do um, that kind of scream in that, I, it, I, I, it's great. Yeah, I I do. I prefer him screaming than singing. But that said, I don't. I wouldn't want to hear a periphery album where he's just screaming because I, I, I love, you know, this album is really varied. Mm. Um, and I love that about it. I love the fact that the first song never, you know, it gets, it's relatively heavy, but it never gets like super, super, super heavy. Then it goes into blood. It's blood Eagle, isn't blood it? Eagle, yeah. Which is that I think it was the first single. And I mean, that is bordering on Tony Danza, tap dance, extravaganza, car bomb, levels of ferocity and yeah. technical now it's not it's not quite there it's not uh, in terms of the intensity of it in terms of how technically accomplished it is it probably is to be honest but yeah. like and then and then it'll go into songs which are quite sappy yeah <laughs> you know it's a really varied record it's um almost 64 minutes long mm. and you know i think even though it does have weak spots in my opinion I, it keeps my attention throughout mm. because it's so varied and there's so much going on. Um, you know, I, I bar those two tracks that I've already mentioned, Satellites and... Um, it's Only Smiles. It's Only Smiles. Every other song on the record, I think, is fucking class, basically, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, you know, it's a really good quality album. You can tell they spent a lot of time working on it. Um I don't feel like I've listened to it enough to decide whether it's my favourite per- periphery record or not. But the fact that I'm even thinking about it, I think, I think it's, it's right up there. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I think in terms of what they've done as a band, in terms of the, you know, like, I, I think I've spent a lot of time talking about the commercial intentions of the record or lack yeah. of, whereas the artistic intention of the record, I think you cannot fault it. And yeah. I think definitely... I really liked the last one. I thought it was really yeah, good. The last one felt much more concise and yeah. great. Like they wrote really great songs, mm. but it was definitely, it felt to me like here's a band who have decided to condense everything. And they do the, you know, like when bands like the Hunter by Mastodon is obviously like, a, you know, a good example of that. And, um, uh, the, the Coheed, the one before the last one, the, um, the color before, color before the, sun. the sun. Yeah. Um, you know, another really good example of that. And I think when bands, do do that they can make really great albums and yeah. this feels like a kind of uh a response to that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which is cool and um and unlike the coheed album which felt like a response to um to uh, the color before the sun the, the unheavenly creatures yes which for me was a bit long and was good like in parts but 
it wasn't as good as the previous record, uh, whereas this feels at least as good yeah. as the previous record. And I still think when you've got the, the Juggernaut Alpha, Juggernaut Omega in your back catalog, yeah. which is, you know, is hard work. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's proper hard work. This sits very nicely. It's hard work and it's really interesting, but it's not hard work to the detriment of the songs. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Uh, Periphery, Hell Stan. I need to sort that fucking name out, though. So there you go. But it's out now. That's the new Periphery. Very, very good. Right. The next album uh, is probably the most straightforward record we're going to be talking about in the reviews this week. Well, not even probably by a quite considerable distance. It is. Morbid Stuff by Pup. Um, This is the third album from the punk rock, like emo emo punk rockers, emo-y punk, like punk on a post- emo hardcore never considered them emo never uh, considered I... them hardcore but well, post hardcore but yeah I, I don't think either is incorrect certainly canadian they're punk punks band. they're a punk band they're a punk yeah. band yeah so um the last album that pup released was called the dream is over and it was wicked it's very fucking good it yeah. was fucking wicked it was one of my favorite records of a year full of great favorable records, records. to be honest pup haven't really released a bad album no yeah, uh, and it seems like they're actually getting a little bit of traction this time around. I believe they played the song "Kids," the second song on this record, on uh, live late night with Seth Meyers, which is a big show in, Did they? in the US recently. That's, so that's good to hear. Fucking excellent. They sold hear. out the garage in this country sold as well, which is six hundred cap. Mm. Whereas before, oh, when did I last see them? You saw them at the Boston Music Room on oh, no, the, the Dome. The dome yeah, yes, because they played the same night as somebody. I remember seeing yes. you at a gig, and you were like, "I'm gonna." It's Earth Tone Nine. Yes. The underworld. God, you remember my life better than I do because I, yeah. I drink too much. <laughs> um, yes, and um, I think I think those rooms are actually the same size, but um, they've actually sold out the garage like way in advance this yeah. time around. Um, yeah. Do you want me to go first? If you like. Um, I, Papa just brilliant, mm. and I'm kind of now with three albums in, I'm a little bit. I don't know if they're capable of writing bad songs, mm. Pup. I fucking love this record. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And I I was actually a little bit trepidatious to listen to it. Were you? Why is that? Why because so? a lot of punk bands, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them, they're young, they're full of like, you know, full of vigour and mm. spunk and whatever. And as they get older as as time goes on they kind of lose that a little bit um if that does happen to pup it hasn't started yet no and at all uh and 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 they're actually the other thing about punk bands is that they can find a sound and a formula and they can cling so rigidly to it yes but i think the fact that i started by going emo post hardcore hardcore punk yeah. rock yeah. Um there's a lo- there's there's a lo-fi almost singer songwritery almost dare I say it with it being the kind of the word of last week almost imparts Daniel Johnston twee style um you know that kind of indie sort of indie hipstery like feel to some of Pup, Pup's mm-hmm. bits. Okay. Do you not think? Uh, the bits where it goes kind of slow and he's like ah, yes like so you're talking about songs like um, there's track five, Scorpion uh, Hill, Scorpion Hill, which is a great. Scorpion song. Hill, Bare Hand, City, um, yeah, that kind of thing is okay. Uh, like, yeah. you know, 
I, I, for the record, when, you know, Daniel Johnson is a, not someone I listen to very much, but like, he's got a really interesting sound and it's not something that I'm dead against. I don't know how much of it I could put up with because yeah. like I say, tweeness is not the one really. I, I, I see what you mean. I'm not sure if I'd use the word twee with pub, but I, but I understand what well, you're saying. Well, only because they come, they all come clattering in so yeah. quickly afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it doesn't ever feel twee, but it's certainly, it's, it's got that kind of whimsical melancholia to it yes. that, that those that those bands have as well there's also a song in it called full blown meltdown oh my god which is metal yeah well i was gonna yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say that is basically a hardcore song but but yeah i suppose well, it, metal it fucking, yeah yeah it's, it's judas priest it's um it's twin guitar yeah fucking iron maiden that it's, is it's the heaviest song they've done probably i would say yeah it's well, a brilliant it's certainly song. the most like you know rock yeah song they've done. with it coming like it's like track nine on an 11 track yeah. album and it's it's actually this album is really really well um uh track listed uh-huh. uh it's really well sequenced like it, it, it's only 32 minutes long but it never feels like it dips at any point whatsoever um and it that interesting you thing you said about the melancholy thing they do this thing that I always attribute it to Weezer. I mean, there must have been bands who did it beforehand, but but Weezer, I guess Weezer did it so well. That thing yeah. of writing happy, sunshiny melodies, but really what they're singing about is fucking miserable. I was going to say, this album is fucking pure nihilism. The cover, um, when I first saw the cover, I really didn't like it. Only, only because um, uh, up till now pup have had this thing where they have a white border mm. around the their first two records and this album just kind of has thrown that out of the window but the more i listen to the record i now think the cover's absolutely brilliant because it's basically four or five people at a party playing musical chairs right and you just sort of if you glance over it it looks like quite a happy image but when you look at it properly they're all wearing blindfolds and holding knives huh. and that's exactly what no, this record that. well there you go like mm. if you glance at it it's just like oh there's just some people playing musical chairs but if you look at it properly they're all blindfolded holding knives and that's exactly what the sound this record sounds like it's like if you glance at it it's a happy go lucky record to put on a barbecue in the summer if you properly look at it it is fucking miserable yeah and I thinking love about that. the people that i've slept with are dead and all that kind of stuff like it's it's fucking miserable it's dark as fuck he's like i think i said this is what, what i said about um the the dream is dead i think at the time like it's so sp- it's not just there's albums that are, like are melancholic and miserable there are albums that are angry and there are albums like this which are spiteful yeah. this is a spiteful record it's, well it's full of it's not just full of um i don't know like fury at the the world or at his surroundings and it's certainly not miserable but oh woe is me yeah it's actually like i wish <laughs> i kind of wish harm on a lot of people yeah you know what i mean like i fucking hate I, you know i'd love to see a fucking piano drop out the sky and fucking knock your head off like it's actually and that's quite rare to get it like to be sort of genuinely spite filled which i would what i loved about the last one it just felt really bitter exactly proper bit bitter but it's fucking funny as well oh, it's really funny. it's really like in a very very dark bitter, way angry people are funny I yeah mean, exactly <laughs> 
um, the, one of the best examples of that is uh, See You at Your Funeral, which is based, I'm assuming it's a breakup song. Yeah. Um, I hope somehow I never see you again. And if I do, it's at your funeral or better yet. I hope the world explodes. I hope that we all die. We can watch the highlights in hell. I hope they're televised brilliant yeah uh just it's fucking brilliant the chorus just shouting don't test my patience (laughs) i mean it's it's great and you know and the music fits it so well like you know like you say sometimes this record can be quite kind of um i don't want to use the word twee but it can be quite jaunty and quite fun jaunty is good and sometimes it can be like full-on kind of clattering loud fast sometimes it's really fucking loud yeah yeah and whatever he's saying i feel like the music kind of fits however he feels at that time like if he's feeling kind of snarky it all kind of goes down a bit and it's a bit like you know and the music sort of like drops and then when he's really like yeah fuck it you're a you're a cunt you are pretty um, much yeah it goes loud with it it's brilliantly pitched it's like I say genuinely funny it's really lyrically interesting it's musically very diverse so that over 32 yep. minutes you can get a 32 minute long punk album that just thrashes at you for you 32 can. minutes yep. and it can be brilliant yep 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 but this is not that nope um i think it's um in in a way, it's a boring review because it's it's just it's another great pup record. Yeah. But but that is what it is. It's another brilliant pup record. Um, I think it's my favourite pup album. Uh the dream is dead. I still think is dream is over. Well, dream is over. Sorry. Yeah. Um, is this is as good as I think that's this is probably as good as that. But at the moment, because I've listened to that one. Sure. Before. I just I. Th- I'm, I'm the reason why i'm saying i think is because obviously yeah i've had this uh, a week or so um and uh the dream is over has been in my life for two three years yeah but i'm just the way that i reacted to it i, I feel like this is going to be yeah it was a, i immediately good. put it on and went this is fucking great yeah straight away <laughs> yeah yeah and i dare say you will too yeah so um that's the aptly named morbid stuff by pup it's out now i would say uh, it's really good that is all I would say it's fantastic and yeah. it will likely be in both our albums of the year <laughs> I th- yeah I think I think it's, it's got a, let's it's got face a, it it's got a good a shout hell of a good shout yeah it's fucking brilliant it. so uh, yeah that's out now I would definitely say I mean there's a few things I'm going to say you need to listen to this week but certainly you really do want to be listening to that like it, that's for everyone it's as well. by far the most instantaneous record yeah. of the entire week yeah and it's for everyone and so great, yeah. um yeah uh the next album we're going to be talking about is from a band called Racket Cannon. It's album number three. That's what it's called, Racket Cannon Three. Yeah, it's technically called Racket Cannon Three. R- R- yeah, Racket Cannon Three. An abbreviation. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah. Good. Uh, they're from Belgium. Yes. Racket Cannon. Yes. Um, and good uh, beer in Belgium. But good beer. It's some good bands as well. You know, like Great Rise bands. and Fall. And we spoke about Brutus last week. Yes. We've spoken about Oathbreaker many, many times. Yes. Uh, and we've spoken. I don't think we have actually spoken about Eamon Ra. Uh, the, and the we church haven't. We will be this. though, I'm because sure they're the, well, they're playing an acoustic show in London, so we all. Oh, they, oh yeah, great. Okay, yeah. sweet. Um, but yeah, Belgium, good. <laughs> uh, we're not reviewing belgium we're not though. reviewing belgium but it is good i'm sure good for music so racket cannon i had the second racket cannon album that came out in 2015 yes and i remember hearing right. that and going they're bloody good they are mm-hmm. that's a bloody good band um although i don't really remember it sounding anything like this 
No, this is relatively different. Um, so I'm familiar with Racket Cannon. I used to spend a lot of time back in the day with the Heck Boys, RIP. Um, still spend time with some of them in, in the form of Haggard Cat. But um, the Heck guys just adored this band. Well, yeah. adore this band. Um, and it was difficult to hang out with them for much longer than 20 minutes without racket cannon being mentioned pretty much. Mm. Um, Quite and difficult to hang out with them for more than 20 minutes without just being sick of hanging around with them. Harsh. <laughs> Love you guys. Oh, um, zing. <laughs> um. But um, yes, yeah, so I think, I believe it was uh, the, the, the launch for their album instructions at uh, the borderline where Racket Cannon played with them. Okay. So that was the first time I saw Racket Cannon. And on record, I hadn't really quite got it because they are a very avant-garde art rock band. Yes. Um, is probably as far as I'm prepared to yeah, go. Yeah, well, that second album did feel like a kind of... Um, bits of like shellac yep. and slint they remind yeah. me of. Yeah. And even kind of when they get really weird, maybe the Melvins. Yes. Uh, and there was, you know, there was, there was a lot of that that I was hearing from them. And I really liked it. I thought yeah. it was really good. And, and McCluskey, touching touch McCluskey yes. as well. So I kind of felt like I had at least a bit of a handle on what I was going to hear when I pressed play on this record. Mm. And n- none of it happened. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they, they have definitely... Um, so the Racket Cannon are made up of a uh, vocalist who manipulates his vocals a lot, a drummer, a guitarist, and rather than a bass player, they have a synth player. Right, yeah. Um, and the synthesizers on this record are really brought to the fore. Yeah. Um, synthesizers have always been a big part of the band, always, 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 but, but this time it feels like they've gone, let's build the songs around the synth part maybe i i I don't know for a fact but it's certainly right up there it plays such a huge part in the record yeah yeah. like it's it's a this is a a synth driven record i mean this feels like it feels so it feels like um i was listening to it and and i felt like i was listening to a kind of punk rock version of or kind of or a a kind of post rock version almost not maybe not post rock but a kind of an art rock version of Jesus Christ Bobby by Minus ah. which had that synthesized sound to it a little bit as well which yeah they were uh, Minus were a sort of Icelandic um, hardcore band fantastic hardcore band yeah um, sort of meta- post metallic hardcore bands yeah well we're gonna get down to brass tacks yeah who released an album called Jesus Christ Bobby which is a fucking brilliant album and then they went a bit most, more rock and roll didn't they on yeah the most of their and, most of their records are great i think i think this is the interesting thing with racket cannon like the first two records i'd say the first album as well was um a very avant-garde strange hardcore band effectively you you know i'd never heard anything quite like it but i could see through lines back to you know refused or the the more avant-garde heavy side of things it feels like with this third record, they have um, finally done. I mean, I don't know if this is what they've always wanted to do, but in order, in terms of like, what is this album influenced by? Uh, I, I don't really know. Industrial music, a bit, maybe. Yeah, like, there's, there's Nine Inch Nailsy bits. Yeah, in it. Um, certainly, I still think there is a bit of. 
bands like McCloskey uh, yes. are still in there a bit, and bands like Slint are still in there a bit. Yeah. Um, there's much more in the way of. I almost want to say pop hooks. I feel like saying, I feel like saying Gary Newman, in a weird kind of perverse way. There's a bit of like eighties, like electronic sort of music in there. I, I, I didn't come to that conclusion, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, no. definitely. I mean, it doesn't sound like Gary Newman. No, but there's something kind of oddly. Those bands were really freaky. And, yes, and those acts were very kind of, they were kind of sexually deviant sounding. Yeah, and this has got a bit of of that kind of slinky, sleazy, electro kind of fetishizing. I can see that. There's, there's, but it's, uh, but it's just, a, it's a very strange album. It's a very strange album. There's a darkness that rides throughout it. Um, I'm constantly unnerved when it's on apart from the last song funnily enough which i think is really beautiful um, <laughs> yeah, weird, i think it's called mons no mida mida um mido sorry mido fucking hell i'll cut that it's called mido um and mido, <laughs> and uh after the tottenham former tottenham striker all right all right right and um it's a it I've read some reviews which have said that this album is um, easier to listen to than the previous two, which I kind of laughed at because, but then I thought about it and I, un- I understand what they're saying. It's sonically less abrasive yeah. than one or two, mm-hmm. but I actually find this far more difficult to listen to because there is a sense of unease and a sense of like, it'll just be a sound in the background or something, which just, makes you go eh, a little bit yeah and i think intentionally so i believe um but it, it's a very weird interesting album which really gets its claws into you i was really um being a massive fan of the first two records the first one in particular actually i must say i was really looking forward to getting this and the first the first few times i heard this album i was a bit like because oh. because it's so different mm. uh and i really wasn't sure about it but it really has like got its hooks in me to the point where i well it's that it's that classic thing of like i'll be in the kitchen i'm humming a melody in my head i'm like what is that and it turns out it's from this album mm. which is an album which i thought on the first listen second listen was more or less devoid of hooks but it isn't it's no, it's no, just no, no, it's, it's just a record which is really it's a pisser to re- review basically because it's really unusual and it's very different from it's almost... very unusual and i think but i both agree and disagree with what uh-huh. you just said because i think on one hand and the review you were talking about because on the one hand yes it is easier to listen to because it's not as much of a it's not as loud. Do you know what I mean? It's not sure. as aggressive. Yep. Um, it's not as overtly, obviously aggressive. Like if uh-huh. you are the sort of person who doesn't listen to kind of clattering, difficult, 
um, time signatured post rock uh, or, or kind of you know post hardcore, uh-huh. you will probably listen to the other two albums and go, "Cool, they're loud, aren't they?" And it's like, duh, duh, duh. yes. But if you listen to this, I think there are more subtleties in it that Definitely. probably won't hit you quite as hard. And you might go, "Okay, well, I can kind of deal with this." There's a surprising the- amount of acoustic guitar in it. Yeah, actually, and not the- not used in a traditional way in any way, shape, or form. But there is a surprising. But amount on the flip guitar. side to that, like you quite rightly say, the compositions are so fucking bananas. <laughs> yeah. They are mental. The record. Yeah. Never, no two songs really sound the same. Things sound similar. Yeah. It goes all over the place and it doesn't really give you much warning that it's going to do that. Yeah. And it's made up of about 50 different fucking genres. And like I say, it reminds me of everyone from Gary Newman to McCluskey. That is not a normal band. But there's actually, one there's one track that sounds like Melt Banana, which is one of the most abrasive, yeah. noisy things I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a driving beat over and over again. And or or, or Trent Reznor at his most nihilistic mm. and uh uh depraved. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I would say I would add in I mean I I said Shellac earlier. I think even yes. probably Shellac. probably Big Black is a better Yeah. Yes, yes. Big Black's a good shout. Is, yeah. a, is yeah. a better yeah. shout really. Um but I think it's better, and I'll tell you what, for why I think this is... like I remember listening to Racket Cohen 2 and going, this is really good, and I listened to it for a bit. I honestly couldn't... In the years that have passed, with the amount of music I listened to, things slip away, don't they? So I've yeah. not listened to Racket Cohen for a very, very long time. Okay. And I think maybe the reason is because I listened to it and I was like, they're cool and they're interesting and these songs are really good. But essentially, you know, it came out at a very uh, similar time to like the Kruger album. Yeah. The one I gave to you and I was like, well, I've got something sort of like this and it's probably, you know, I'll listen to that one more or whatever. There's nothing like this. No. I think I'll definitely stick with this. Oh, yeah. There's nothing else like it to listen to, really. No, not at all. And if you like it, and I do like it, then um, because like I say, the, the things it's made up of, like I've mentioned you know, I, I chuck in throbbing gristle. I think nights nose yeah. is fine. I think yeah. you know, you, you the, the the post hardcore bands that I mentioned, I really like as well. So it's all a bunch of stuff that I really really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of melded together in a way that I've never really heard before. Yes, so that's cool. quite. I hope I've not given the impression that I don't like this album because I actually really really like it. Mm. Um, I think I come to this. I think it's great actually. I I I, I think Racket Cannon are one of the most interesting most unique bands making music today um we were going to have them as one of our 12 unsung heroes of 2018 last year and then we found out that this album wasn't coming out until 2019 so we decided not to but they were they're a band who've been on our collective radar for a long time and i fucking adore them and you like them very much at the very least have you seen them live out of interest not seen them live my god they are they are so good live one of the best live bands i've ever seen they are absolutely amazing chaotic ridiculous ridiculous band live um i've seen them twice now and they are brilliant um but uh i think i think initially my my it wasn't disappointment but it was so different i was just like i don't know what to make of this the more i've listened to it I, i i think this is an absolutely fantastic record yeah um for those unfamiliar with racket cannon and i'm curious to know what you think about this because maybe you'll disagree with this i wonder if it's actually best to start 
at the beginning and yeah, go through yeah. chronologically. Right, okay. Well, I mean, I would definitely, I wouldn't give someone this and go, hey, I've heard this band. Like, Unless, but like... But then actually, because, you know, the last album bears very little resemblance to this album, and I do think this record is better. So in, on on that level, I mean, I guess it depends who you're going to give it to. It's, yeah, it depends who you're going to give it to. I mean, you know, if I was to try and give it to, um, you know, my dad... I probably just wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> I think a lot of people listening to this podcast, you know, a lot of them will probably be familiar with elements that are on one and can go, oh, okay, they've taken um, Refused or The Chariot or The Number 12 Looks Like You or whatever and made them even weirder. And that's like a good starting point for that reason because there's you can go, oh, I see where this has come from. Yeah, And this one... It's not that you can't see where stuff's come from, but it's just so all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing album and God fucking bless bands like this because mm. th- like, this is the reason we do this podcast. These fucking mental, interesting bands which won't get extensive coverage anymore a- anywhere else because just the process of describing what it sounds like is really fucking difficult true that that. (laughs) but they but they are fucking brilliant and they definitely deserve you know your time they are a fantastic fantastic band very good so anyway that's number three from racket cannon their third album again it comes highly recommended uh our fourth record we're becoming really uh we're becoming really easy to please aren't we these last few weeks yeah maybe (laughs) i don't know I mean, it still doesn't seem that long ago that we were talking about the In Flames album. That's so, true. You know, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. not get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, uh, the album is called Synthiosis. The band are called Waste of Space Orchestra. This is, I get this is the first collaboration between uh, a Ramsey Pazuzu and Dark Buddha Rising. Dark yes. Buddha Rising. Dark, Dark Buddha, Buddha Rising. Rising um, <laughs> from Finland. Um, yeah, this from Finland, is yeah. both from Finland. Yeah, so this record is, is one of those kind of... Um, collaborative process records well it began life uh roadburn last year roadburn festival last year mm-hmm. um and we've had becky on the show talking about roadburn uh in our first ever special i believe you can go back to that yep. um decided that they wanted to have specially commissioned pieces of music mm. so pieces of music which were only performed ever at the festival yep. basically fucking cool idea and this was the first one ever um i saw this live at 4 p.m on the thursday and uh (laughs) the faces that steve is making um it uh was fantastic but a little bit much for that time <laughs> for that time in the day i'm struggling to think of a time when this wouldn't be a little bit much to be perfectly um, honest i think 3 a.m well it's 3 a.m it's, it's, i'm saying i'm saying a perfect place to put this band would be like 2 a.m or 3 a.m after you've ingested all sorts of magic treats we just had an email from someone who did that at the tiny teenage riot and ended up in the crying in the toilet so i don't completely agree with what you're saying um i uh, i don't know anything about dark buddha rising i've got to be honest i know a 
little bit about Oranzi Pazuzu. I'm not massively like um, familiar with their entire back catalogue, but yeah. I've listened to bits and bobs. I couldn't even tell you what off the top of my head, but I definitely have listened Aranzi to Aranzi Pazuzu, I always describe, and I, I hope they don't dislike this description, but I always describe them as black metal gone to the circus. Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's, it's just the easiest way to describe them. So Renfrey. Yeah. Get cracking on this. Get cracking let's, on let's it. Let's get this. Um... Oh boy. Uh, so it's basically it's a concept album of sorts. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, there is it was, okay, it's a concept. So, a dentist uh, does root canal to someone, <laughs> but it goes in through their arsehole. <laughs> well, it's not always that weird and abrasive. Um, so I got from the press release here, it's prepared over several months in the lead up to April 2018, which is when they first performed it. Synthiosis was performed on the main stage of the opening day of Roadburn to a rapturous crowd of over 3,000 attendees. Uh, when you say when they say rapturous, I'd say a crowd going, mm. uh, because it is absolutely bonkers. Although that's what they tend to like at Roadburn. Uh, the record recounts a story of three beings and their deep search for knowledge. The shaman, the seeker, and the possessor. Of course. And yes. they are um, played by three different vocalists. And there are three very different vocal performances uh, through this record. <laughs> yeah. uh, a ceremony ends up in the opening of a portal which sucks the three beings into an alien dimension which is populated by brain-mutilating colour storms and ego-diminishing... Uh, audio violence uh, eventually the three are formed to reach equilibrium and melt their minds into one collective consciousness mm. so that's uh wasted space orchestra <laughs> so, right next album comes from, uh, <laughs> but the reason i mentioned the reason i bothered to mention all that is to be fair to them that's that what it, it that is like. what it sounds yeah. like it like does. it does sound like that this is a very um dark enthralling hypnotic mm. shamanistic ritualistic yeah. uh black metal psychedelic record yeah now a few weeks ago we were very very favorable about the rotting christ album yes. and i said i like black metal and it's got a bit of its heavy metal and it's isn't it this is good this yeah. is this is great and it's really dark and in comparison to this that Rotting Christ album sounds like the Foo Fighters. <laughs> like, this record, and just to be upfront about it, I mean, I've kind of gone like, oh, lol, about it at the start. This is an incredible record. Yeah, I think this is an incredible it? record. Yeah. It is so unbelievably stomach-ogglingly oppressive. It is like having <laughs> a massive... Um, concrete breeze block being pushed down on your chest <laughs> this record Jonathan Seltzer brilliant uh, man at Metal Hammer um, described I think he, I'm going to slightly misquote him here so I apologise Jonathan but he described it as um, when the distortion comes in it feels like you're being kicked in the back of the back of the knee by a planet which I thought was brilliant <laughs> yeah, um, I, and I, yes it does sound like that um, <laughs> the 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 um, the the kind of the song like Seeker's Reflection, the vocal performance on that, mm. which is just this like 
howling almost like you know uh what's the the band um not acid bath uh yeah i know thingy you mean. bath the ghost bath ghost bath yeah the vocalist on that who just makes noises and everyone's like oh weird and he's just like gurgling mm. there's a gurgly quality to some of the vocal performances on this which just make it even more hellish it feels like sometimes it sounds like someone are having a horrible horrible seizure yeah. or, or or drug like uh, uh, uh attack uh, a bad lsd trip or something like that yeah. Some, sometimes yeah but you've summed it up very well actually it's a nightmarish arcane psychedelic black metal seance i think is what this record is well, thank you um, very much do you know do you know another way that i summed it up it's uh dark throne meets the mighty boosh <laughs> i was quite happy with that yeah i mean <laughs> the mighty boosh they're not my favorite but i think <laughs> They're, they're at least vaguely amusing at points. Do you okay. Know what I mean? like, yes, I suppose it's not funny. funny. Yeah, there's nothing yeah, yeah, funny yeah, yeah, yeah. at all about this. Um, okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> and I'm not saying it's like Dark Throne meets, you know, Mrs. Brown's boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't want to. Um, but it, it's, it's unbelievably, it feels very austere and very serious throughout. Like, it, yeah. the, you know. It's quite demented. It's, it's absolutely demented yeah and i don't i nearly went oh it's bonkers that makes it sound like you know racket cannon is a bit bonkers yeah like bonkers is a bit like crazy i hate bonkers and wacky and those sort of names but sometimes you can mean it as a compliment but i don't think this is there's nothing wacky about this it is deeply disturbing from moment one to the very very end i mean we've been talking about rituals and i would not be surprised if members of this band take part in rituals yeah in, um, in i mean the last track uh the title track, track which just ends on this like this doomy dirge riff yeah. that repeats and repeats yeah. and repeats and it is like being in a washing machine going on a wash in a tornado in a vortex in hell <laughs> it's good though isn't it it's really it's good. really good i mean the thing about this is <laughs> It's really, really, it's really, good, really yeah. good. I will probably never listen to it ever again. I oh, really? Know. I don't know. Maybe I will. If I'm, I don't. Do you know what? Sadistic. I might. Do, mm, it's, so you know what? The first time I heard it, um, at not at the, not at Roadburn itself. Um, for, first review. time I heard, yeah, to review. I was like, Ooh, that's a bit much. Blimey! <laughs> it really is. Ooh. Um. And it felt like a chore to go back to it. Most of the time reviewing music is great. and uh, But but going back to the Waste of Space Orchestra record felt like work. But then the second time, it again, it sunk its claws into me a little bit more. And then the third time a bit more. Fourth time, I was really quite on board with it. And I think you... I understand what you're saying with the rotting Christ um, similarity in terms in terms of oh it's so much um, what did you say did you say heavier or so much well just arcane and disturbing and um, difficult and all yeah all of those things. I don't think it's um, sonically much heavier though do you know what I mean I think that <sighs> I think there are people who would listen to rotting Christ. And go, oh, I, I, I'm, I don't like that. It's too abrasive. It's metal. Yeah, yeah. Rotten Christ is, is much more traditionally metal. And yeah. If you listen to heavy metal and you go, oh, heavy metal's too heavy, then yeah. Yeah. But this is not like. And the but, thing is, Rotten Christ are a band who can be 
both met very very metal and also very kind of arcane and disturbing but i can i can imagine someone i mean it's not a band that we're likely to cover on this podcast but someone who listens an old hippie who listens to magma for example (laughs) i can see a through line between them enjoying magma and enjoying this yeah but they're not going to enjoy the and they're like you'd be surprised i would be very Uh, you'd be surprised but you'd be surprised at the the sorts of people who are into um opeth who you know before listening to opeth have never listened to metal ever um that makes a lot more sense doesn't it with like like sorcerer and heritage and those sort of albums that they released i'm I'm talking more before they released those records like people who would listen to ghost reveries and go i don't usually listen to metal ghost reveries is really comparable to this um no i mean it is in a vague in a way i mean this is like like ghost reveries is like the pop version ghost Ghost reveries is like is like creed and this is mud honey do you know what i mean okay like Um, yeah essentially they are in the same genre it's grunge but it's not the same at all okay yeah okay i i i i think i don't know i think i think there are because of the amount of psych in it particularly and 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 even the amount of prog elements in it. I mean, there are some really, if you can properly penetrate it and it is, you have to have a hell of a, uh, strong stomach, strong stomach. And well, a tuned sense of listen, actually listening to music, I would say to properly penetrate this record. But if you're able to, the things that you discover in it are absolutely amazing. I mean, journey to the center of maths is my favorite song on the record. That's track four. Yeah, track four, 10, 10 and a half minutes or so absolutely amazing song and it is subtle brilliant shifts that they make so there is a noise in the background noise there is a um weird it's like a theremin there's a weird theremin thing in the background which plays on the offbeat it goes for the whole fucking track and it's playing on the offbeat um and it's weird and unsettling you're like oh that's really weird and then three minutes and 15 seconds, I found the exact point into the song. The entire band shifts, but the weird theremony bit or whatever it is doesn't shift. And so then it's playing on the on beat. And that is rhythmic kind of weird ass stuff. That's like tall levels of yeah. genius. I mean, actually, for kind of to go back, you said you listened to it once and you didn't like it and twice it felt like a chore. When I first put it on, a few about 10, 15 minutes into it, I was like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and then by the end of it, I was totally enraptured by yeah, it. I yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking brilliant. I've yeah. gone back and to it a couple of times more. The only reason I say I probably won't listen to it, it's not true to say I won't ever listen to it again, ever. Because I think it's, I think it's so good that I probably will will want to listen to it again. Yeah. I think the problem with it is is I want to listen to this once every eight months, uh, it, it, and I was, have to be in the exact frame of mind. What was to, the album last week that you said felt like a treat? Well, you say that with Tall albums I said as it with well. Tall albums, yeah. Um, you know, it definitely. I, I, you, you'll have to be a certain type of person to listen to this on your commute to work. You yeah. know. Um, but it does feel like a kind of weird treat if you're in the mood. Yeah. It feels like, like if you're in, you know, if you're a big goth uh, or a little goth, um, and, or a medium, <laughs> and you know, you 
like you're a goth if you're a goth and you uh like turn all the lights out and put some candles on and whatever uh, i'm not saying get in the mood romantically uh because to this album whew. um but yeah, but if you like, like Bundy, if, you are, if, yeah. if you properly listen to this as a listening experience and like create a mood in order to do that like once every six months it's probably fucking amazing mm. doing that yep. um uh and you know this is an album i really want to hear on vinyl because it's so bassy yeah. and um there's so many like warm tones in it mm. part of the reason for that so there's 10 members of the band in total yeah, two bands, isn't it? because it's two bands yeah that's part of the reason um but th- there's you know three guitarists and a drummer and there's keyboard and electronics and stuff like that but there's also there's two bass players uh, one plays a bass guitar and one plays something called a deep bass guitar. I don't know what a deep bass guitar is, I'll confess. No, me neither. But whatever that deep bass player is doing, the sounds that he conjures, you literally, you feel them in your bowels pretty yeah. much. Going for the brown note. He's right? going for the brown note. If you turn this up enough, you could poo yourself possibly. Um, that's not a recommendation... <laughs> I don't know. You should pop this on the pop that on the poster. Um, But the but but you you understand what I'm saying? Of course, bassy. It's really bassy. Slim shady, you are bassy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, mate. It's very it's very good. It's just you know little. um, Not not you know not not little and often. You want occasional and in full. That's what you've got to do. This, yeah, I I, but sure. I think I think it's a really interesting, odd, shamanic kind of record, and there there aren't bar the two bands who make up this band. I don't know any other bands who sound like this. No, not really. No. Um, you know, um, Aranzi Bazuzu and Dark But Arising. I can totally, I can see the the connections with those bands, but don't know any other bands who sound like this. So Bonkers. there you go. If that sounds like your sort of thing. <laughs> Get it down the hospital. Um, that's Wake to Space Orchestra. Synthiosis. It's out right now. Crazy as a fucking crazy thing. Okay, our last <laughs> album we're going to chat about is Town Portal. The album is called Of Violence. They are a Danish trio. And this, again, is their third album. Third, a lot of third album happening the, of, this week. A lot of third a lot album third happenings. Going on, isn't it? Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know anything about this. You brought it in. What are they, instrumental... Post uh, experimental instrumental progressive math rock trio, or I'd say from Copenhagen in Denmark. Yeah, this didn't. I'm gonna go. This did nothing for me, really. No, no. nothing at all. Nothing at all, really. I suspected I thought, I that, that might be the case. Yeah, I say that. I thought it was it was a, an okay way to pass the time, but in a in a week where we're doing five albums, and I would say four of them for the genre they are in. Are as good. I mean, that last one, obviously, yeah, there is no genre to compare it to. Yeah. And even Racket Cannon is quite difficult to pinpoint exactly what genre they're in, but we call them a kind of post punk thing. Um, in the genre they are in, in 2019, the other four records that we're reviewing this week feel like, if not the top, in the kind of the A list Premier League of the bands within that genre. This to me does not feel like that it's up against four fantastic records yeah in their in their field i would absolutely agree with that i think town portal are a band who um people who love them really fucking love them 
um they are their mo the, the the influence that they cite the most and i totally see this as sugar, actually uh, which might surprise you, but it's not kind of in the sort of sonics of it. They're nowhere near as aggressive no. as Meshuggah, but in the rhythms and in the manner in which they play around with groove and so on and so forth, I can totally see that. I think the thing, interesting thing with Town Portal is they are an instrumental band who I think do just about have their own sound. I don't think... I, I listen to them and I go, oh, that's Town Portal. So when the second song came on not the first one so much which is more of a kind of intro anyway but as soon as the second song came on i was like that's town portal i can hear it straight away you know you must be incredibly well attuned to that sort of thing (laughs) well maybe i don't know but i i i don't think it's um i think they have enough of their own kind of thing going on to sound uniquely them um but i think that is achieved through kind of complex technical things such as very very technical rhythm and yeah yeah. rhythmically uh impressive i don't think they're the only band within that scene that 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 do that personally no 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 i'm not not saying they're the only band to do it i'm just saying there's something to do with like the the tones of their guitars and that rhythm combined which Mm. just makes me go oh that's town portal i don't know why right um they uh i was talking about how heck adore racket cannon uh whenever i spend any time with black peaks town portal usually comes up within about 20 minutes black really? peaks fucking adore town portal um and there's uh assorted brass on this record that keeps creeping up and of course it's willie g from oh, right. it's uh will gardner from uh, black peaks and uh, a musician called tommy peach uh, they're the so, best bits i think when they get the brass i in. do love the brass actually mm-hmm. yeah i think it's really really good and i'm glad that they've incorporated that into it and i do um like this album again is has a kind of concept to it um i want to find it this record brings a multi-dimensional exploration of the theme of violence spurred in no small part by the turmoil of current times. <laughs> Got another one. Um, I kind of want How to... original. Another <laughs> ba- Oh, the current times are making me right. And fucking everyone's saying that. It's not a bloody concept anymore. Well, I did, I, I did want to bring it up because next to the Waste of Space Orchestra record, when I... I don't suspect that you guessed the... Um, let's say story or concept behind the waste of space orchestra record but as soon as i read it to you it made sense right i will say that this record could be about fucking buying fish fingers do you know what i mean like i I do think that is just fucking nonsense i mean there's been a few recently la dispute as soon as you said it you go that makes absolutely sense yeah um cinematic orchestra a bit yeah like you could probably tell a little most parts Certainly, the waste, the um, waste of space. Waste of space, definitely, here. definitely. Uh, this one, not even, uh, not even. Uh, no, I, 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 even, I, I will, I will admit that. And it is very much the reason. The reason why I kind of suspected that you wouldn't be big into it because it is a record that I feel like Town Portal actually are a band that uh, that appeal to the head more than the gut. Mm. Uh, you've just gust in the past about how there needs to be like an emotional connection in instrumental music, and when I listen to Town Portal the part of me that is impressed 
is my mind. Um, I'm rarely like, I'm not emotionally moved by Town Portal. Um, I do think they're very good. Um, and I like them a lot. I'm not one of those people who loves them. Like they are really, I mean, the amount of good notices that they've had, um, like they've had features on Noisy and uh, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Vegan and like these kind of, those sorts of music blogs which are really fucking cool and Mm. bands like odd bands like this shouldn't almost be getting onto them yeah in a weird way if that makes sense particularly this band (laughs) um oh you really don't like it no no it's not i don't no it's not that i don't like it it's just that it's weird that they would pick this i think of all the things they could pick it was weird to me that you would pick this because i think it's like it's just a instrumental stuff I understand what you're saying. Um, I I do think I think there's enough for it to be of interest if you are into technically minded. That's true. Music. That is true, and I think the brass is one of the things that make it uh, that make it interesting. I think you can enjoy the technical proficiency of it as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like you say, I guess if you're thinking of a clean mashuga almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then that's cool. Um, if if the thought of a clean mashuga appeals to with you no vocals. with no vocals town you must check out town because they're probably the only ones doing it yeah that's fair <laughs> um i just think that there is a lot of stuff in the world and um uh, and this is is not gonna i don't know there's just so many really really good bands and i don't think they're a really really good band i think they're a fairly interesting band with a few decent ideas i think there's enough going on for to mark them out amongst uh, amongst some of their peers but then having said that you're only going to like it if you really Hardened dig genre fan of this particular thing i think i was going to say if you really dig technical music of any yeah. kind i don't think you have to be a hardened math rock fan to like this to be honest but if you like your most uh, i think the majority of people who like town portal are musicians they are a musicians band they are because yeah. because other musicians go holy fuck look what they're doing mm. whereas you know this is not meant in an offensive way or anything like that but if you're not a musician that will probably go over your head yeah. um not that's not to say you know and for those people you should definitely check them out i would say um and they are they're also brilliant live i must say mm. they're fucking great live um but yes i understand i understand where you're coming from i do like them very much i think it's uh, an enormously difficult week for this record to come out because there are some fucking brilliant records this week. Mm. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from completely. Yeah, but I think it's go. decent. I think it's decent. So there you go. Uh, that was Town Portal, uh, the wooden spoon um, of <laughs> violence. <laughs> Definitely the wooden spoon. Album of the week, Renfrey. If we don't normally do this, but I think on a week like this. Uh, the album I recommend most people listen to is the pub record. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say my album of the week's racket, Canon. Yeah, I actually, I've stitched you up completely because I was going to say all of them are so different that I genuinely don't think you can just pick one and say, there you go. No, well, this, I this think is why we don't pup, normally do an album of the no, week, you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> pup, but it's just all four are great. Uh, yeah. Pup will appeal to the most people yeah. um, and are brilliant, brilliant, brilliant songs. Periphery is... The, if you're into riffs and metal and you know particularly prog metal you're gonna fucking love that yep i think racket cannon if you want a weird if you're more into the kind of odd indie music 
uh, yeah. interesting, you know, kind of rock with and indie, punk. punk rock and indie. I think you'll you'll have a good time with that. Yeah. And if you're one of those fucking nutters who tweeted us going, oh, I listened to Atari Teenage Riot four times and I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Then um, yeah, you need to get on the Waste of Space Orchestra. It's not as abrasive as that Atari team. Oh no, no, it's not. But you'll have a lovely time listening to that. I'm sure. If you're, you know, if you're the extreme uh, aficionado, then you'll have a lovely time. So there you go. Uh, and Town Portal's quite good. If and Town like Portal's like if you like that sort of thing, <laughs> you'll probably quite like it. Um, anyway, let's go and do trade off. Do you want to start with yours or do you want to start with mine? Uh, oh, we've done a lot of we've done a lot of really heavy shit, haven't we? We have. Shall we so go into Royal a good Republic? Chance to us to talk about what you gave me, which is Royal Republic's album Weekend Man. Again, it's the third album from the Swedish punk rockers. Yes, Swedish punk, punk rockers. Punk. punk right? Hmm. I, a party garage band. rockers. Garage rockers. Yeah. Um, garage, garage. I don't know why we did garage that. rockers. I think they're a they're a garage punk rock outfit. The band they remind me the most of is Electric Six. But yeah, far I was I would have said, I, would have said I, think. The, I think they sound like um, the Hives. Hives. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's got Mike Patton's voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, a little bit. But anyway, so this is their third album from 2016. Um, why did you give me this, Renfrey? I'm interested. Um, so. I, back in my independent days, I was offered a trip to go and see Royal Republic in Germany. And um, I listened to the record. I was like, ah, it's all right. It's not really my kind of thing. Um, but the trip to Germany sounded nice. <laughs> so I basically yeah. went, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Um, How long are we out there for? Germany. Just a day or two. Just a day. Perfect. Yeah. Out to Germany, watch a band, sneak off at the hotel late at night. It kill was... someone and then come back <laughs> and then never go back it was, it? it was a gig on the reaper barn as well and people the who, grim reaper barn the grim... you know <laughs> people drugs who... alcohol now murder well yeah and and, well reaper barn is sex and perversion yeah. yeah but um it was a very yeah it was a very interesting night and, and uh basically um like hung out with the band for the most of the sort of evening and they as you can imagine are very fun people mm. um and live i was really i i like what sounded decent on record but like nothing absolutely amazing as soon as i saw it live i was like oh my god this is one of the best party bands is i've ever seen record? in my life yes right yeah. okay so i have been into a republic from, or I got into Royal Republic on We Are the Royal, their first record. That's their first record. So yeah. they played Download in, I'm pretty sure it was 2010. Don't quote me on that. It's 2010 or 2011. I'm pretty sure it's 2010. So they played it on, they played on the third stage. I believe they're on the main stage at this point. Fuck. Wow. At Download Festival. I think they played the main stage last year or they're playing it this year. They're playing it this year, aren't they? Yeah. They're playing it this yeah. year. So they played the main stage um, this year or last year. They're playing the main stage. They have played or will be playing. <laughs> they're a download main stage band at this point um they're playing the third stage and i'd heard the song underwear of the first yeah yeah and i was like what a kind of hilarious jaunty like you know uh carry on style hives garage rock banger that is so i bought the album and i thought the album was fucking great it had loads and loads of like pretty much every song was of, of that ilk. You know, like Tommy Gun, yeah, uh, which yeah, is a great Gun's song. Great. Yeah. Um, Full Steam Space Machine, We Are the Royal. Um, yeah, 
president's daughter is a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. She got it all. I want her in love with the president's daughter. <laughs> it's a fucking tune. I can't, I can't remember it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Mate, and okay. I was like, this album's really, really good. And then, and that was just the days when I would, you know, buy albums sort of willy-nilly and I would try anything. And, you know, the download festival lineup used to be, I think I've actually found them on the download website and I went and listened to them and that's why I was like, that's good. And that's why I went to watch them. So No, I wouldn't say they're a typical download band either. No, 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 they're not. But They're, they're not a metal band in any way, shape or form. Well, damn, it's not a metal festival. No, nah, well, yeah. Come on. No, nah, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah anyway so um but they were they were really they're really really good and i went and got the record and then um i sort of obviously started doing stuff for metal hammer and uh, started getting into more extreme things and i just sort of forgot about royal republic i saw them live that time i thought they're fucking brilliant like you say they're fucking brilliant live. where did you see them the download on the Thursday. Oh, sorry, right, 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 yeah. And they were brilliant, they're absolutely brilliant. They're really good fun. Really, 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 really great. And then I just sort of forgot that they existed. Right. And then here we are. What is it now? Nine, Nine years, years later, later. Down the line. Weekend Man comes along. And I don't think it's as good as the first record. Oh. I will say that, like, straight off the bat. First I will record. I will say I strongly disagree with that, but that's okay. fine. Okay, this is longer. I don't need it to be too, it's too long. It's not that long, is it? 15 tracks. 15 tracks of that. Maybe you got a bonus version. Well, maybe I did. But this is... Because I think mine's 12. But yeah, okay. Okay. Well, I got 15 tracks of it. And I was like, that's quite long, isn't it? 15, mm, 15 that does tracks. sound too long. Yeah. Well, it was. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, I was like, it's a little bit too long. Um... But essentially, what Royal Republic were doing on the first album, they're doing again now on this album. I just they're think just I, sort of I, I it up. yeah, I just think it's a better version of of their first two albums. To be yeah, honest. I, there's a few like absolute killers on it. I think the title track's brilliant. Walk is Walk is amazing. Yeah, but hilarious and weird. And that's oh, when yeah. he sounds like Mike Patton. Yeah. He sounds like Mike Patton taking the piss out of rock singers. You know, Mike. <laughs> you listen to Mike Patton going, he's put off the gas control. You know he's doing it a bit with his tongue in his cheek. Yeah. And that's what this guy sounds yeah. like. He sounds yeah. like the sort of person yeah. Mike Patton's taking the piss out of in yeah. the nicest possible way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy this record. I okay. did enjoy it. And I think it's cool that a band who are um, very much part of like that kind of Scandi punk rock thing uh, has got to the point where they can get on the main stage at Download. Because there was a whole group of these bands, wasn't there? You know, if you go all the way back to the 90s, really, when you think of the Helicopters and Backyard Babies and, and those sort yeah, of bands. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who, who are all bands who I was not particularly bothered about. I think mm. this is why they surprised me. So are you bothered? Do you like the Hives? Or the International Noise Conspiracy? I love the International Noise Conspiracy. They're a bit more clever, aren't they? They're a bit, yeah, smarter. Um, The Hives, I have a love-hate relationship with the Hives. Um, I do think some of their songs are great. Mm. I hate hate all the We're Your Favourite Band shtick. And the... Ah, come on. I hate it. I don't think it's... I, I don't... I don't get it. Ah, it's just cheeky, isn't it? It's stupid. Is it's what not it is. stupid. I hate the the thing they do where they freeze on stage for fucking ages. 
they all freeze yeah, for I'm about laughing, five man. minutes. It's cool, that. No. Yeah, it's it's fucking shite. I hate, I, okay, I hate their showmanship. Some of their songs are quite good. Okay. Um, and of that whole thing, I never understood why the Hives got big and other bands of their ilk didn't. Such as? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't care. You mean the international noise conspiracy? No, well, you mean like, international noise. Conspiracy? International noise conspiracy are too weird to get big in that way. But I don't know. I have a, I have a love. I have a love hate relationship with the hives, and I've, okay, I've stated my case. Well, I would say Royal Republic are probably similarly sized to uh, the hives at this point at this point yes but the hives obviously yeah, were, were, were fucking enemy darlings and all yeah, that sort were. of shit you know um I, I i think royal republic you know i've seen the hives uh, a few times live um i've seen royal republic once i think royal republic are way better i wouldn't dis- completely disagree with that mm. I think Royal Republic are fucking great live. Yeah. I think this is a really, really good record. Yeah. It's really good fun. It was lovely to listen to in amongst the fucking hell that we had to listen to this week. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, in the nicest possible way, listen to a 16-minute long periphery song and going, this feels like quite easy in comparison to the fucking nuts going on the Racket Cannon album and just being yeah. screamed at by... It was a, it was a nice uh, uh, palate cleanser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I wish yeah. I got to listen to this rather than what you fucking gave me jesus christ all right we'll, we'll, we'll say, get on to that yeah. yeah final word on royal republic yes this is a band who come from a scene that i have a lot of time for they are a band who i you probably most people wouldn't normally expect me to be down on this sort of thing well but, uh, this is i was surprised i mean i do i did actually find out uh, in the week that you are into this so royal republic are going to release a new album soon yeah. and we've been talking to their pr hello claire um and um uh, yes it emerged that uh, uh through email correspondence that you do like them and i i, I, I was i wasn't sure which way it would go which is yeah. why i was quite interested to yeah, hear your opinion yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah i do i mean i do think that this feels a little bit like it's beefier and everything but actually i think maybe why i like the first one better is because uh well this one obviously was a bit longer and it's a little bit cleaner as well. So, yeah. So I like it. Like I like him to have the punk. Le- like there's not much of the kind of punk rock from the first album left on on this one as much. I don't think. Maybe you're right. I just think I think the quality of songs like when I see you dance on the dance floor and Kung yeah, Fu Loving, yeah. fucking amazing. It's, you know, it's kitsch. It's silly. It's uh, you know, and it's just it is fun and it's it's actual proper fun, not like that forced bullshit fun that you know Elstorm and all those fucking bands tell you like oh we're fun scar fun false bullshit fun death the false fun (laughs) (laughs) Uh, can I bring up one thing with you which you you might be really angry with me about yeah sure part of the reason I'm not big into the first album is uh, I feel like the balance between them being fun 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 party band and like Hashtag me too. Is that what you're <laughs> you don't like it because it's sexy. Right. I am not. Okay. I am not going to be. The, I am not going to go. Oh, the first Royal Republic album. No one should listen to it because it's too. It's too. Gratuitously. It's, like, it's misogynist bawdy. or anything like that. I just think that the balance is better achieved on weekend man than it is on you mentioned what's the song underpants is underwear. it underwear underwear yeah looking at a girl's pants while she's on the table yeah it's it's not it's not like it's not cool to do that <laughs> in the real world but i yeah. don't see this as the real world particularly i i i 
I am not, I, it doesn't, you know, I, I'm not like ban this sick filth or anything like that. I just, I am more comfortable listening to Weekend Man than I am listening to a song about looking up a girl's skirt. Yeah, you know, fair enough. That's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm it's not... just a really, really, really good song. It's a really catchy. It's good... annoyingly good. It's a great, annoyingly, sort of, it's a great catchy song. The song is good. I, I do not support the lyrical content, but the song is very good. Right, <laughs> uh, that's cool. Anyway, Royal Republic, Weekend Man. That's what you gave me. And it is good. And they are good. And like I say, bands from that um, that scene, I'm glad to see them getting on the main stage at Down Oak. It's yeah. probably better than some bloke in a bloody leather waistcoat oh, banging yeah. a tambourine trying to be like Robert Plant. Yeah. And if, and if you don't have fun to Royal Republic, then come on. What's wrong with you? Yeah, come on. Death to false fun. <laughs> That's what the album is. That's title, the title. That's yeah. the title, obviously. <laughs> uh, whereas I gave you something which has got literally couldn't have any <laughs> no fun whatsoever. Fun whatsoever. Um, we spoke about Scott Walker last week. Mm. I've spoken about Scott Walker on our first podcast um, that we ever did and how important he is. We, again, we're bringing this in because he sadly passed away last week. The Drift is his 13th studio solo album solo studio album can i just say i i very when i uh, a few minutes ago i was like oh it's not like this album that you've given me i am not saying uh that i that i well, i i don't well spoiler alert i don't know how i feel about this album but yeah, you need I, on the week, really. I was yeah exactly i was more um uh i was cursing you slightly whilst listening to it because on a already difficult week you've given me and and you know, this is just down to timing we wanted to do this so, uh, you know sort of to continue our tribute to scott walker in a sense yeah um so it's not your fault but then at the same time you gave me for trade-off probably the most avant-garde most i'm not going to say the most difficult to listen to album because i do still think the atari teenage riot album's harder to listen to it's 26 minutes long um yeah, this is four times the length of the Atari Teenage Riot album. Yeah. Uh, or, well, three times the length. Um, prob- prob- probably the strangest record we've ever covered. The the most avant-garde. Would you agree with that on this podcast? Yeah. Probably so. is, isn't it? I think so, yeah. So this album came out, again, just to give you a shout out, it came out on the 8th of May 2006. A, you know... Um, uh, a time an odd time for music i suppose yeah. you know uh because i guess it, for me it was i don't know maybe this is my own individual perception but it felt like a time where actually you could be very very avant-garde and very daring and people were starting like people within kind of broadsheet newspapers for sort of the first time like i said something to someone the other day it's like slayer's that catalogue has kind of been reevaluated by the mainstream press now, whereas people will actually, where, you know, they will go, oh, oh, yes, Slayer, actually, you know, it's very heavy and it's good. Napalm Death, people in the kind of outside of our field, our, our kind of rock stratosphere, will, will kind of look at certain black metal bands like Gorgoroth and Ulva and will reappraise bands like Slayer and will kind of champion something like Mastodon. And we'll look at Sun and go, ah, yes, you know, there, there is, you know, artistic merit and value to be had in that kind of music. And that really... To, to an extent, I would say, yes. It's not as 
it doesn't still it doesn't feel like a level playing field. Like it will never ever ever mm. ever ever be a level playing yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's better. It, it's better than it was twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. But you know, this is the point where I started noticing people actually treating those kind of artists with a little bit more respect. I see. And okay. this is where it's funny that a, a, an artist as revered as Scott Walker comes along, because Scott Walker, as we said last week, um, hugely revered in. Um, very, very distinguished musical artists canon, mm. right? And then on this record is taking some of the elements and tropes of the kind of stuff that I just mentioned, the very, very difficult avant-garde black metal uh, industrial and and kind of fusing it to his haunting voice. Mm. Um Obviously, there's more to this record than that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've spoken about this record a lot, mm -hmm. so I'm not going to do that. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to let you talk about it, Renfrey, even though you've only had a week to kind of um, get down uh, into the, the, the guts of it. Mm. I guess this is less a kind of proper review and a proper overview and more just a sort of first impression. Maybe we should come back to it another yeah, time. Yeah, I, I actually, on the sort of review front, I mean, I'm not reviewing it. I don't think that's the purpose of trade-off. But um, I will say, as someone who reviews stuff for a living, I don't know how you would go about reviewing this record. I don't know how you would start. Just to give you on that note, um, it's basically got either 9 or f out of 10, 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, or a th or 3s and 5s. Well, it is... Uh, I went on to Metacritic, and it is the 14th best-reviewed album of 2006 on Metacritic. So critically, overall... This record did very well. Yeah. There were mixed reviews, undoubtedly. Um, the Guardian... Oh, let's, yeah, this is worth doing, I think. The Guardian said, The Drift is a record that demands a lot of work and repays tenfold. Pitchfork said, Even at its most dissonant and abstract, this record is human to the core, and if you're ready to face a few demons, it's as inspiring as music gets. The AV Club said it's unlikely that any other album will sound much like The Drift this year and even less likely that it could be forgotten if heard even once. Then Q, who gave it two stars, said it could be high art, it could be utter bollocks. Either way, it's lovely when it's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of agree with all of those opinions and none of them <laughs> at the same yeah. time. Um, because... Because, yeah, I don't know how you review a record like this, to be honest. Um, I think it reminded me of an awful lot of things. It reminded, it did remind me of Waste of Space Orchestra, funnily enough, probably because I was listening to it yeah. in the same yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just in terms of its kind of weird avant-garde-ness. There's definitely elements of those two things line. that are similar, yeah, for sure. Moments of Scott Walker's baritone, really beautiful voice. Um, the only Scott Walker record I listened to before this was the the one he did with Sun. Mm -hmm. And I'd never really seen him as a... Um, I'd seen him as a very unique vocalist, but not like a technically good one, if that makes sense. Um, but I was totally wrong on that. He's like, he's a really... There were points where this stuff reminded me of uh, Jeff Buckley's more avant-garde material. Mm -hmm. I would say the the 
the second disc of uh from my sweet uh sketches from my sweetheart the drunk like the, the weird buckley stuff basically yeah. probably actually even the weird tim buckley stuff as well um but then it also brought in elements of kind of steve reich and john adams and weird unusual contemporary neoclassical composers um that i was subjected a lot to by my father growing up um it's a really weird oppressive listen and it kind of made me you know i was trying to think like if it were my job to review this how would i do it and you have to just completely reevaluate what you see music as in order to do it so mm. i was trying to think of all the things that music is for and you know like some people use music as a means of uh, something to dance to some people see it as something to relax to some people see it as a cathartic means of getting their frustration out some people see it as a melodious art form to sing along to you know i think if music is only any of those things or some of those things or another i don't think you will get anything out of this record yeah. because i don't think it is any of those things no definitely not. um i mean even you would say the closest that you could think it would be to would be catharsis but i really don't i don't think this to be any kind of cathartic i don't think it's catharsis release. for the listener no it might have been for scott walker i don't think it was for scott but walker. i'm not convinced it was i, I mean it's like i mean it was written. It, o- it was written over ten years. It's written over ten years, um, but then he, you know, there's there's passages about. It feels too kind. Of, it's almost too kind of clinical. Like there's bits about nine eleven conspiracy theories. I mean, that's not. Yeah. That's not catharsis. That's. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what that is. You know, there's. Um, it's torturous, isn't it? This it is torturous. Um, the the so it was written. I I, I can't imagine working on something this dark for 10 years i how that would send you crazy wouldn't it like so it was yeah it was written over 10 years it was recorded over a period of 17 months i mean that sounds insane yeah um it has an incredibly you have to watch for for people who are who who are going 70 that you have to watch 30th century i really want to now you have to watch that because that is just completely compelling fascinating insight into like the making of this record i bet it is um the sound and subject matter for the album is unrelentingly dark and unsettling often juxtaposing quiet sections with sudden loud noise to induce discomfort in the listener oh boy did Mm. it do that um I can't remember if this has come up on this podcast. I have a really weird, um, unusual phobia called phonophobia. Has this come up before? No. Um, I have a phobia of sudden, uh, not of sudden loud noises, but of the fear that a sudden loud noise might occur. Right. So if I... um, Oh, God. Sorry, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Um, So if when i was younger if i was in a room with a bunch of balloons or whatever at a kid's party when i was a kid yeah. um th- that could be troubling for me right 
um it's much better as i've grown older but you know even to this day like if i'm in, in a tube carriage and a bunch of kids come on with the balloons or something like that i might just move to the next carriage or something like that so it's like, just like a weird sort of thing this set it off a lot <laughs> this set this album set it off a lot and i was and and made it particularly unpleasant to listen to um but at the same time i found it really like the manner in which it becomes suddenly loud it's usually using an entire orchestra mm. and it's as if uh, interestingly whilst it took 17 months to record all the orchestral parts were recorded in a day which is bonkers because there's quite a lot of them quite, there is a lot, yeah, yeah there are quite a lot of them but um and i don't think there's any parts where the orchestra play a lot of the time people bring in orchestras to to make an epic beautiful melodious sound that is not what scott walker brought the orchestra in for um he brought them in to create anarchy um absolute i mean most of it sounds like a horror movie soundtrack an incredibly accomplished one i mean i was listening to it last night funnily enough in bed in bed um with the lights off (laughs) i was honestly (laughs) Fucking hell! And it was like it reminds me of The Shining. There's no other piece of music that it reminds me of. Yeah, it reminds me of The Shining. Yeah, I could see that. It's it's psychological torture. Yeah, Um, and I've actually um, I was asked to turn it off uh, and put on Hootie and the Blowfish. Is what I was asked to do by the person that I was in my bed with. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) Oh, bonjour. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. Um, subjects on this record include torture, disease, 9-11, Elvis Presley and his stillborn twin brother Jesse Garen Presley and the Srebrenica um, uh, genocide. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of genocide on it, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, it's not, I mean... <sighs> but I don't know what... I, I don't like... Insumation, Rimkins. <laughs> Well, I was wondering if you were going to ask me if I like this album or not. I don't feel like it's important to know. I don't. Yeah, you like yeah, it or not. yeah, yeah. No, like, good. This okay, is the thing. cool. I I listen to it sometimes and I go, do I like it? I don't think I like it. I there are there are times I listen to it and I go, I don't want to listen. What am I doing? Like, I you know, I don't. Again, it's one of those records that I play very, very rarely. I must, I probably, like I think I said when we were doing it before, talking about Scott Walker, I discovered it through the film, which I watched randomly about kind of seven, eight years ago. And then I went and listened to the record. Um, and I felt like watching a documentary would mean that I understood the record from the word go. And I didn't. At okay. All. And Did it, it make it any more um, understandable at all? No. Right. No, I just maybe felt like I had a kind of, I thought I was like, well, I kind of know what's coming. I didn't know what's coming at all. Uh, it is, I'd love to see a VH1 behind the music on this record. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, um, but, <laughs> be so good. but even with that kind of proviso of, of, of watching the film and going like, oh God, he's a maverick. It still doesn't really prepare you for just how fucking dark and difficult this record is. First time I listened to it, I think I think I had a couple of goes. I had a couple of like run ups at it before I before I properly sat down and fully listened to it. So I'd put it on and try and make a cup of tea, and then I'd sort of go, "This just and it can be funny." Like you know, again, it mm-hmm. was compared to it sounds like Bella Lugosi. Mm-hmm. Sounds like um, you know, a kind of vampire music. Like yep. you said, you compared to a horror film, yep. and 
if you're not in the right mood, if you if you aren't willing to kind of give yourself over to it, it can almost sound comical, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. His voice is so unusual. The music It's easy to mock his voice. Yeah, it's easy to mock his voice. It's so dramatic. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? it is throughout it is just so overly mel- like not mel- I nearly said melodramatic, which is not fair. No. Because but I think people might go, Oh god, that this is really mel I think people could mistake it for being melodramatic. Um And also, like you say, at points it just Something happens that you go, well, why did you do that? Why did you do that? So Why did you record yourself beating a piece of meat yeah, over big, and over again? Bit of big slab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, I mean, there's, there's, did, and there's, there's so many lyrics in it that just that come up that you go, hold on, I thought I was listening to something. This is... You suddenly talk about punching a donkey. Like, what? Yeah. And yeah. there's so many bits that throw you out of it. So... If you are not willing to fully commit yourself to this record, I don't think you're going to have... You're not going to have an... Okay, you're not going to have a nice time anyway. I don't think you can have a nice time with this record. I don't think you're meant to. I don't think you want to. I don't think you should have a nice time with this record. But if you're not willing to fully commit yourself into it, you aren't really going to get anything out of it. I will probably listen to this once every 18 months. Okay. And I now have realised from... Trying to listen to it with three or four different people in my life, you got to listen to it on your own as well, or you got to find somebody who is able to listen to this sort of thing. I don't really want anyone else in the room no, listening to this. No, I, I, it feels dirty if you're like I would feel mm. like as, it feels like the soundtrack of like a serial killer or something. Yeah. And as a kind of, I think as a as a much like last week, a Titan is right felt like a document of people losing their fucking mind yeah this is not that really but this is definitely i think as a as a as a kind of look into the absolute depths the darkest parts of the human psyche i mean we talk about about again about like neurosis were kind of coming up i think you know given to the rising had come up around this time and people were going oh neurosis is like uh, and i feel like the drift is important for two reasons one i think any of those bands ever that make this type of music are getting blown out the water by this record pretty much even even if you are picking neurosis in terms of how um how far they go how far down the rabbit hole this goes yeah for, to, to create that level of kind of unrest in your soul i think you said in the in our episode zero that this is the heaviest record we cover and and yes in mm. in many ways it is It is psychologically the heaviest record yeah we yeah, cover. yeah yeah and for yeah. those bands and you know don't get me wrong i'm not downplaying what a band like cult nope. or neurosis do because they're fucking brilliant at it but i don't think even they have reached these levels yeah before. i agree i don't think they have and so on that point, I think it's very important because it is something pushed to the nth degree mm-hmm. from someone who's not even from that kind of scene. Because this, mm-hmm. is, I, I think of this as a kind of post-metal album in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, I think, because Scott Walker was so beloved um, by so many, you know, uh, big artists and, and big broadsheet things, 
um, and the sort of the the more intelli- the intelligentsia of the music industry. I feel like he legitimised bands like Cult of Luna and Neurosis and Sun and Gorgoroth and Ulva and all the bands that kind of came after him that had that were doing this type of thing. I feel like Scott Walker actually played a really big part in legitimising those bands, and I think that is really important. Opeth, Michael Ackerfeld, mm. Watershed mm. is a direct kind of um, reaction to hearing this record. Yeah. And that's fucking brilliant. That's so cool. I think that's so cool. So I have an immense amount of respect for this record. An immense amount of respect and and actually a very... uh, Yeah. It's not just respect. I kind of of love it. I kind of love it and I... But it's hard to love. Yeah. I think it's a very interesting album in the way that... um, Do you know that film Irreversible? Yeah, it's one of the most horrendous things I've ever seen. Yeah, so um, <laughs> gas- it's the most. Actually, I would that is that is a perfect comparison because Irreversible is the most disturbing film I've ever seen. Yeah, so Gaspar Noé is a agent uh, provocateur. Um, he uh, regularly pushes the boundaries of things. Irreversible is a story that goes. Backwards, Backwards. Uh, but there is a particularly infamous uh, rape scene in it, which is 11 minutes. It's very long. That's horrible. Um, And it's very brutal. It's one shot. Um, Looking up at Monica Bellucci. Yeah. It's not it, good. That uh, film. I don't know why we've suddenly started going right into that film because it's making me feel a bit. I apologise, but but well, that's how this record makes me feel. That's why yeah. we've done it because because I was trying to to be honest, I was trying to go. What is the point of this? And um, I think you've nailed it in a sense in that it's a record. It's an exercise in extremity. Yeah. Um, I still don't know how you review that, and there is a part of me which is sort of completely. Um, befuddled in a way that this is the you know according to metacritic the 14th best reviewed album of the year because you know is that good like is like irreversible i'm glad i i'm glad i've seen it yeah i I never want to watch it again god no um there are certain lars von trier films as well which are Mm. similar i'm glad i've seen them but don't ever want to see them again Mm. um or even i mean I, i don't know um Funny, uh, we mentioned Funny Games yeah, Michael last Hanneke year. Is funny Michael Hannigan. Yeah, I, I don't ever want to see it again. No, I mean, I'm glad yeah. I have, but I don't want to see it again. And I think the drift is the musical equivalent of that. Mm. I'm glad I've been taken there uh, because it will probably give me a deeper appreciation of other things around it, as you are basically saying. But will I go back to it? Uh the honest answer is i don't know i think you should mm. but i think I, I i think you should i think you know i think every i think people should i think people have an interest in this sort of thing i think you should stick with it um because i i've probably only listened to it between kind of 15 to 20 times in my life right and sounds like quite a lot to be honest considering it feels like quite a lot when you you know i've probably yeah i've probably listened to it for 15 probably 15 16 17 yeah that many teens in in my life 
since first hearing it in like what was it 2010 or 11 and um and it it i wouldn't it never gets easier but i always find something i always feel like i'm listening to it for the first time again right whatever feeling it is that it instills in it instills in me and they've been very wildly differing ones over the many of the times i've listened to over those sort of 15 16 times it feels like a different album. It feels like the first time you listen to it, if you, you know, because you can't listen to it too much. You can't listen to it, you know, three times in a week. You can't listen to it twice in a day. You'd be mad. You go, you go fucking mad. You did, didn't you? Well, it was very hard to. I, I, I did. I've listened to it. Um, so again, last week I said I try to listen to uh, the stuff you give me three or four times. Yeah. Uh, this one I managed twice. Yeah, I was going to say, to be fair, mate, that's all right. I think, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you want to leave yeah. it eight months and listen to it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I managed to do this twice. Twice in three or four days as well. Yeah, um, And I'm just like, oh, I listen hell. back to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I listened back to it once in sort of preparation for it. And again, it felt different. Whatever room you put it in, it just it feels different. Yeah. So, but, but anyway. But, well, one last thing I'll say. Last week, um, we talked about the Atari Teenage Riot album and said how that is noise. And I was sort of saying to people, I was saying, like, um, it gets my goat when people describe Opeth as noise or Metallica yeah. as noise or whatever. If anyone describes this record as noise, I would defend it and oh, go, course, it's yeah. it's not, not, so it's not abrasive and weird and just, it's definitely not the same thing as we no were way. talking about last week in no any way, shape or form. Way. Not at all. It's not the, just noise. That, that was, the Atari Teenage Wright album was a random belch. Yeah. yeah. A random, <laughs> yeah. I, like, digital belch. A random yeah. digital double two fingered belch yeah. of like ha- primal howl. This is not that. Nope at all no. this is a precise you know this is an absolutely you know 17 months to record 10 years to work on yeah There's nothing on this that isn't precisely what scott walker uh, wants it to be yeah 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 I, it's a it is a fucking work of art this record like for real it is it's a work me. of art yeah Definitely. um I mean, every, everything's a work of art technically isn't it mm. <laughs> Not Revolution Radio by Green Day. Uh, anyway, that was a drift by Scott Walker. Next week, Renfrey, I'm going to give you because it's been uh, it's been hard, been hard doing the last couple. Yeah, of give weeks me something easy. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Devil Driver. Oh, okay. Um, Outlaws Till the End Volume 1 their covers album that came out last year oh, you've not heard that have no, you? no I've not this is the, is this the country one yeah it's a, the kind of country uh, covers record from All Des right. Farah's meaty potato-y metal crew <laughs> uh, okay I'm going to give you something completely different I'm going to give you uh, Irish singer-songwriter hello there uh, Damien Rice and his second album confusingly titled Nine great good which is not his ninth album. All right, fine. Okay, so I'll be doing Nine by Damien Rice next week. Renfrew will be doing Outlaws Till the End Volume 1, which makes me think that Volume 2 will be on its way from Devil Driver. Thanks so much for listening. Shout out music the musicism.net for all your courses. I won't do it in the Victorian um, patois. Uh, <laughs> like shame. I did. Yeah, such a good way good to start I actually kind of hate people that do stuff like that, but there you go. Um, next week, we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. Um, I don't know what we're reviewing. Uh, Idlewild. Idlewild. We'll we're doing Idlewild. Fingers crossed we might get the Chemical Brothers Blood now. Come on. Maybe the Chemical Brothers. Maybe yeah. the Chemical Brothers. Uh, Interama we'll as well. And Interama amongst yeah. 
others and Devil Can't Driver and Danny yeah. Rice. That's a yeah. pretty varied show. Tops. Excellent. We'll see you next week, you fucks. Happy Easter. It's not Easter.